Hey folks, sorry for the delay in episodes here on this platform. We had a slight weapons malfunction, but we're all fine now. Uh, how are you? Honestly, folks, we did have a slight technical glitch, but that's been taken care of. As you can see, the last three episodes are now available, and now that that glitch is taken care of, we won't have a delay any longer. So, folks, hopefully you enjoy these back episodes and enjoy the newest episode that's just launched today. Thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you at the end. Welcome to World Class Bullshitters, the epitome of pop culture. I'm your host, Jeff Hicks, and with me tonight is the last standing Samoan, Big Rig Nick Utam. Glad to be back. Glad to be here in a wonderful Thursday night with this wonderful audience. Just just happy to be back to normal, man. Same. Uh, I meant for things to go back to normal, uh, but I forgot how we introduced the show tonight. So let's yeah. say hello to the one, the only, Dion Green. Baby, baby. Boys and girls. <laughs> I guess I didn't What's up? Even though, you know, fucking web pages and stuff, man. Making me drop in an apple. What's up? Dude. I would ask you how you've been, but we just got back from WrestleMania, so I know how the hell you've been. You're probably tired as shit like I am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Back so from folks, WrestleMania, crazy time. Now, folks, you had the opportunity to come hang out with us. We had a wonderful time down at the Santa Monica Pier. Uh, quite a few people showed up for that one, and I am going to get ready to get on camera real quick to show you guys something. So, one of the benefits of, uh, you know, Having the channel, there's many different benefits, but one thing that's always cool is uh, sometimes people like to send us stuff to the P.O. box, and then sometimes people like to bring you stuff in person, and then sometimes it's so amazing that it takes your breath away, and you got to give them an extra shout-out here on the show. So let's turn on the camera. There I am. Hi, folks. And now, this weekend at WrestleMania, I was gifted something incredible, and I just want to give a shout-out and a thank you again to the wonderful listener who gifted me this, the WWF Championship. So this was an awesome, awesome thing to receive, and I just want to give a shout-out to Karen companion for uh this awesome generous title belt now folks this is the real deal with the wwf logo not the wwe so i just wanted to say thanks again to nick it was an awesome time hanging out with you buddy at wrestlemania i hope to see you again soon but yeah folks uh this is on our instagram our twitter all that stuff we have a title belt now so uh we're gonna wear this cut promos talk shit and challenge anyone else out there <laughs> uh, what Stone Cold is back in the building, folks. Now, Dion, when are you going to get your United States Championship title belt? Uh, it's, it's still in the wings. I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta get some paperwork done. I gotta uh, clear some things, and then yeah, we'll we'll make a, a, a formal request request and uh, get it taken care of. Yeah, I mean, you you know how it is, man. You're checking in your savings. You know, you got to pull out from your from your savings and you're checking. It takes three days, yep. and then you got to yep. then you can put then you can put the money into whatever you want to. You know, it's it's it, it's a process. It's a process. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. It's it's, it's yeah. a process. So we're we're, yeah. we're we're making sure we cross all of our T's and dot our I's, and then we'll be ourselves a U.S. champ. Oh yeah, lowercase J's. <laughs> now, uh, folks. Kendo will be here in just a moment. Uh, don't worry, we are back to the swing of things tonight. But while we're waiting on him, which is just a minute, we're going to give you uh, some housekeeping stuff just to get caught up. So the word of the day is Transformers. It comes from our friend Shrebels08, who says the word of the day is Transformers. Debbie does Transformers. Star Wars, the last Transformer. And a fistful of Transformers. So I have Transformers of the Lost Ark, because... Just imagine a bunch of Transformers chasing down the Ark of the Covenant. Would you guys watch that movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, Maybe. 
it, it will be uh, a time travel film where they'll actually go back to the 30s. So it'll essentially be instead of Indiana Jones versus the Nazis, it's the Transformers versus the Nazis. And uh, we know how that's going to go. Optimus Prime's going to roll out and crush them all. <laughs> this, this week off has really given me time to uh, recharge my imagination, folks. So thank you very much, uh, Shrubbles08. Uh, guys, what do you got in terms of uh, some Transformers titles? Let's see. Not for Red Transformer. Is it just Optimus Prime? Uh, Sex, Lies, and Transformers. Ooh, I'd watch that one. <laughs> Bridge to Transformers. Um... <laughs> Transformers on a plane. Transformers are a plane. Transformer 1, 2, 3. <laughs> oh, man. Transform no. Transformer, Pussycat, Kill, Kill. <laughs> Transformers robots in Transformers. Transformers that <laughs> that dreaded sundown. <laughs> I can just see a transformer with that headpiece on. I know. <laughs> oh my god. Um Transformer in the woods. The um, day the transformer stood still. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are what we asked this week. Thank you for the Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, keep sending the, in your Transformers titles. The Texas Nick, what Chainsaw you got? Transformer. Ooh, I like that. Um, in the chat, we got uh, Enrique who says all Transformers on the Western Front. We also. <laughs> Uh, Joseph Vianowicz says the Transformers have eyes. Thank you to our members. Oh my God, I like I like I like the weird ones. That's awesome. Um, Joseph Vianowicz says Indiana Jones and the Transformers of Doom. Now Cosmic Vader has a great one right here, guys. Not without my Transformers. So that's a Terrence and Philip <laughs> joint. <laughs> oh man, so folks. Uh, thank you for sending in all your Transformers titles. Thank you to all of our members who have joined the WCBS membership program. And thank you to all of our patrons over there. Uh, folks, we're just getting back into the swing of things. We took some much needed time off to get ready for what's coming next. So we're going to start to double our efforts and put in some more or put out some more stuff uh, starting next week. No, the Emperor is not coming, but we still want to be prepared just in case he shows up. So... Uh, folks, be on the lookout for all of that stuff. We had a video drop today. Tomorrow's video is already uploaded. They're ready to go live in the morning. So when you're on your way to work, go to work with WCBS. And then this weekend, folks, enjoy Easter. Uh, you'll see something from us, but we'll be back next week in full effect with all the content that you guys love. Now, there is one last thing to say to you. Come meet us. We'll be available at the Cincinnati Comic Expo this September in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'll be there. I'll have a table. I'll be selling some prints, artwork, all kinds of stuff, doing some live streams from the show. What well, folks, join us live in Cincinnati. It'll be this September. And uh, if I had the date in front of me, I'll tell you right. I'd tell you right now, but I'll tell you in a few minutes after the show. So, guys, we're gonna wait a minute till Kendo gets here. So I figure, Dion. Uh, what was some yeah. of your favorite moments of the weekend for WrestleMania? And I don't mean the event. We'll talk about that in tonight's wrestling segment. But for you, uh, what was your personal highlight of the WrestleMania week? Uh, probably after we got back from night one. I mean, that that, that uh, whole time period was, uh, from what I can recall, was incredibly fun. And I remember laughing my ass off and, um, you know, spend time with good people. So that, that, that night one... Getting back to the Airbnb, hanging out, that's probably the highlight of the trip for me. 
it was great. I mean, there wasn't a bad minute of this trip. And folks, check out my Instagram. Check out the WCBS Instagram if you want to see some pictures of us at SoFi Stadium. But we saw, you know, a hell of a WrestleMania. Night one, night two happened. But man, the scope of WrestleMania just continues to get bigger, which is fun because when I started going, it was in Chicago, which... Yes, look, folks, not because we started going to WrestleMania did it get bigger, but when I started going in 2006, it was at a thirty less than 30,000-seat arena. This year, we had, what, 75,000 on both nights, Dion? So, mm-hmm. it was pretty big. We've been to bigger shows with, you know, 100,000-plus, but something about it being out here actually made it feel pretty legit. Yeah, it, it uh, definitely was a... Um... A, a, a crazy experience especially the venue you know obviously it's you know it's the 39th it's in la it's there's a lot going on not just with wrestling but with wrestling in general and uh yeah man there's there's a lot of spectacle a lot of spectacle you know uh the greatest spectacle of the night was when shane mcmahon tore his quad that was i could not stop laughing about that man that was that was crazy i was so glad to have been there in person and witness here comes the money. Here we there go. There goes the money. <laughs> <laughs> also, Vince McMahon looking looking like an eighties fucking <clears throat> fucking villain for some reason with his jet black inked hair and 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 drawn mustache. Uh, oh, dude, he looks like a goddamn <laughs> joke. He yeah, he does. Let me show this to the to the audience real quick. Oh the my god, I, I couldn't. I, like I, I saw that and I was like, "There's no way this is fucking real." And then I looked at the video of it. I was like, "Oh, this is real." This this is a thing. It was so fucking weird, man. Vince is a parody of himself. I uh, I don't there know what to think of him. Juan <laughs> <laughs> McMahon. That's what he looks like. Juan yep. McMahon. <laughs> I, you know, I've been following this whole endeavor purchasing the WWE or the merger, the acquisition, whatever you want to call it. And... It's fascinating for all the wrong reasons, but Dion, I heard a theory that the only reason they took this offer instead of the other, because they, there was public announcement that there were six reputable offers, and they won't announce who they were, but you know, you can guess who can afford the WWE, but people online are guessing that Vince took this deal because it was the only deal that would let him stay in power. Absolutely. That that makes Absolutely. sense. You know, that makes sense. For, I mean, anyone that is a fan of or watches MMA. Obviously, if you're in the States, odds are you're a UFC fan in that in that hobby. And you know that the UFC right now, its president is Dana White. And the company that bought WWE is the same company that owns the UFC. And that same company allows the UFC to keep Dana White as their president. And that's just what he's done in, in 2020 fucking three. So... Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, Endeavor is clearly an organization that, you know, as long as you make money, you make money. You know, we don't necessarily give a shit about the rest. So, you know, I can see if you're okay with Dana White, you're going to be okay with Vince McMahon. That's Um, a fair statement to make. uh, Jeff, the dates for the Comic Expo are September 22nd through the 24th. Thank you. So, folks, join us. Also, one of the one of the guests that's one of the guests that celebrity guests that have been announced is Christina Ricci. Ooh, yeah. I'm gonna go get my Adams Family stuff autographed. <laughs> I'll have to see who else is gonna be at the show. Maybe I'll yeah. do some. Cool I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they only have like like three or four on there now, so I'm sure once you know, 
they'll have, they'll have more as time goes on for sure. So I hope Roman Reigns shows up. <laughs> <laughs> so we can berate him? Yes. You ain't shit, Roman. <laughs> Roman, why are you always wet, goddammit? Here's a fucking towel. Dry off. That would be the one thing I'd say to him. Why are you so damn wet? Here's a towel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's going to be a great time. Yeah. Now, uh, folks, let's start talking about some of the show stuff. Kendall will be joining us in a few minutes. And uh, while we wait, what we're going to do is uh, we're not going to play our fake headline game. We're going to keep that as a staple of the show, but we're going to wait till Kendo's here so we can make it a little more fun. But remember, folks, you can play at home. So be prepared. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to hit that thumbs up button because uh, we need it to know that YouTube or we need YouTube to know that you like our content. So if you do that for us, we'd appreciate that right now. Uh, tonight, folks, we're also going to be covering a few other topics like uh, The Mandalorian and the celebrity cameos and what did I just watch this week? We're going to be talking about the Mario movie and uh, Bob Iger on physical media and a whole lot more, as well as anything you guys want to play, including Fuck, Mary Kill and uh, more fun games on the show. So, folks, welcome to episode 351 of World Class Bullshitters, the epitome of pop culture, and it is now time to start the show. So, guys, I saw the Mario movie, and Ooh. I don't know what critics are smoking, because the Super Mario movie is great. I don't rarely get to say a movie was great. I don't rarely get to say, oh my god, I walked out of a movie so damn happy. But the Super Mario movie is one that I walked out of incredibly happy. Now, this was a movie that... I'm reading the review scores, and it's getting like 55% from critics. And I thought, oh, God, no, not again. I mean, they got us a 93. I was there. I was a little kid back then seeing the first Super Mario movie, and it sucked. It took ye I forgot about it, honestly. I hated it as a kid. I had a toy. I had the book, and that was it. That's all she wrote. So all this time, I've been waiting for another Nintendo movie to roll around, and hearing all the hype and all the negative press around it, I'm thinking, oh, man, it's just a nostalgia trip. There's no story. There's nothing there. I think the critics are legally retarded because if any critic out there says there's no story, it doesn't have this, it doesn't have that, what are you looking for? Because Mario stories, Mario games, they have a certain type of story, and this movie retells a Mario story. Uh, guys, you've both played Mario games, correct? Yeah. yeah. Am I wrong or am I right? Do most Mario games essentially start out, if they even have a starting story, uh, don't they start out with Bowser kidnapping the princess and then it's pretty much you start to play the game? Yeah, that's that's usually always the the premise. Yeah, so ah, there we go, uh, folks. Say hello to American Ramrod with the amazing uh, hot sauce logo, Kendo Slice. Yes, Jeff, I'm glad to be here. Uh, I wish I'd have come in here sooner, but apparently adults don't know how to read fucking clocks. When you tell them practice is over at five, they think, oh, that means I can pick my kid up at five thirty. No, it doesn't. And then I came home, and while dinner was being cooked, and it smelled really nice, we conveniently forgot it was Thursday, and it was. Oh, I forgot you have podcasts. Yes, yes, I do. It's Thursday. <laughs> well, it's okay, man. It's only been a couple of minutes, and uh, we're talking about the Super Mario movie. I re haven't really said too much outside of I think critics are smoking crack because it's a damn solid movie. Well, uh, I mean, you yeah, you, yeah, you also put out your video on Twitter, uh, your little walking review, which is really good. Oh, thank uh, you. And very, very concise about like what you thought about it and how it was and everything. So, yeah. And, folks, I'll have a full, more in-depth review on Monday, I'm going to have a video talking about some of the controversy and stuff. But I did want to get your guys' take on the controversy in just a moment. But does everyone here have interest in seeing the movie? At least not this weekend, but eventually at least? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hillary and I are probably going to go see it tomorrow. 
dude, I don't normally like go on about movies, but I'm going to go back and see this one this weekend again. I saw it for the channel on Wednesday. I got the Regal Pass. And it's it's a 93 minute movie. It's just fun. It's got a good story. I mean, it's about Mario rescuing Luigi, not Mario rescuing the princess, which mm. is different, which I like. Mm. Uh, and Chris Pratt's Mario voice isn't terrible. It's not bad at all. Once you start watching the movie, you're like, why is everyone on the internet bitching about this? Because you just kind of sit there and go, oh, he does have an Italian accent. He sounds like he's from Brooklyn. All right. And he keeps that the whole movie. It doesn't like come in and out. And hell, everyone was worried about the iconic Mario voice. In the movie, he does it in the opening. I'm pretty sure he laughs and does it a couple times throughout the movie. And like Charles Martinet, the characters in there, too, or the actors in there too, doing the real Mario voice. And it sounds pretty much like the Chris Pratt nailed it. So all the concern, all the negativity surrounding this movie, I don't get it. This is one of the few movies I must feel like those people did back in 2015 when they actually were like, oh, The Force Awakens makes me happy. I'm like, hey, the Mario movie, it's a fun time. I don't know what you're bitching about. But one guy that is bitching about the movie is John Leguizamo. Uh, we all remember John Leguizamo's contributions to the Super Mario film in 1993, correct? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> why, is he get, why the fuck is he getting up in arms? What the hell is his problem? Oh, here we go. John Leguizamo is doubling down on criticizing Universal and Illumination's animated film, the Super Mario Brothers movie, which casts Chris Pratt and Charlie Day in the leading roles of Mario and Luigi. Leguizamo, brought to life in live-action form opposite Bob, Bob Hoskins' Luigi and uh, the Super Mario Brothers film in 1993. The actor told TMZ on the day the Mario Brothers movie opened he won't be watching it due to the casting. He says, I will not be watching. They could have included a Latin character, Leguizamo said. Like, I was groundbreaking, and they stopped the groundbreaking. They messed up with the inclusion. They disincluded, just like, cast some Latin folks. We're 20% of the population, the largest people of color group, and we're underrepresented. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Has someone not told John Leguizamo, one, you're the outlier in the Mario brand because they're Italian. Not Latino. Yeah, and the and reason they Japanese. And, the, and the reason yeah, and the reason they had your fucking ass in there is because you looked Italian. You looked yeah. greasy. Yeah. That's why. It was the '90s. It was a different time where they cast anybody to play anybody because it's a thing called acting. I mean, yeah, and and, and I was like, oh, Latino countries, like motherfucker, they're both plumbers and they're both Italian. All right, I don't know what your gripe is. Yeah, I don't either. I think it's a dumb gripe to look for attention because it's like, I like John Leguizamo the actor. I don't know about his personal life, so I don't care. But your Mario movie sucked, dude. And don't try to, like, bring this one down just because you're bitter or you're not involved or you're not getting paid. Like, <laughs> the first one blew chunks. Let's stop. It it's one of those things where people are trying to pick from old movies. Oh, there's actual quality in these movies. There is. I don't think the Mario movie. Not in the Mario movie. Again, we all watched that movie way too many times growing up. It sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's fucking terrible. And... Uh, and, and I've, I've had a couple of people convince me it's not that bad. It's like, listen, you will never convince me of that because you're smoking crack, okay? Yeah. You really are. Anybody who thinks that that 90s Mario movie is is has any shred of has any shred of, shred of quality into it is a fucking moron. Yeah, I. it was not good. I remember being excited for it when I was a kid, and I got it as soon as it came out on tape and watched it, and it was just like, what the fuck is this? And I've never watched it since then. Yeah. Um, I watched a video from a channel I really like, Hats Off Entertainment, 
Um, he did a thing about the Mario movie. He kind of was like, you know, it's not that bad. I'm like, yes, yes, it is, dude. Yes, it is. It is that bad. <laughs> Stop it. There are, just, there are just some things that are that, that are definitively bad across the board. Okay. Yeah. It's like don't ruin the quality of your channel by saying this movie is okay. It's not. It's really not. No. Stop it. Get some help. Well, the thing <laughs> that I don't think a lot of people keep in perspective is like. Mario in America, at least, I can't speak globally, but Mario in America was much different from the late 80s until the N64 era. Like, there's a dip, like, Mario kind of got a weird reset when Super Mario 64 comes out because a lot of stuff changes to the Japanese name. It becomes more a global version of Mario. It just becomes the Mario. Everybody's playing the same Mario. But in, like, the early 90s, it was like, an, a, there was a weird Americanized version of Mario, and it, this movie still sucked. Like, the cartoon was weird and different, but we all kind of watched it and just accepted it. It had the Nintendo sound effects. It was fun. But, like, even when Mario was a different property 30 years ago, this thing was still a piece of trash. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, do we the, ever want to watch it for the channel? I don't think I can sit through Jesus it again. Christ. Uh, we'd have to, I mean, we'd have to up our drinking prices if we're going to do that, honestly. We'd have to we'd have to do that for it to, for it to be worth it. <laughs> that's the only way. It's the only way I could see it happening. Well, maybe uh, maybe we'll yeah. do that. But now I'm trying not to spoil the Mario movie much because I really want people to see it. But I mean, all the Easter eggs are there, all the stuff is there, the story's there, and I found it telling too, based on the critical reviews versus what I saw in the field. So I went out and saw this on a Wednesday morning at eleven o'clock. And I don't know if it's spring break or what the school schedule is, but I saw it with a lot of kids and their and their parents. The kids laughed and cheered at some of the craziest parts, their kids, but the parents all laughed at the jokes. And I sat there going, I get the Nintendo references, I get the jokes, I get why the people are cheering, and I like the story. Where's the shit? So folks, ignore those critics, go watch the movie. Normally we say, think for yourself. I'll say go watch this one because it's a good time. If you like Super Mario, it's got pretty much every element of Super Mario that's needed to tell a really good story. Um, and, and Nick, you'll probably like this part too. I, I'm pretty sure the the world that Mario lives in, like the real world Brooklyn, takes place in like an alternate 1980s where it's like they play, <laughs> they're play they playing 8-bit video games and they all have CRT televisions. That's, that's and, awesome. But they do have cell phones, but they're like not modern cell phones. They're like cell phones from the early 2000s. It's a, it's a weird window of time, but... It's a solid movie, and it gets high marks from us. That's that's good. It's it's see it seems like twenty twenty three is the year of going back to the theaters, you oh, know, yeah. because um, we've I need I mean, a beer. I'll be right back. Yeah, we've we've seen a lot of things in theaters we've liked. Uh, Code K and Bear, John Wick, um, um, oh, no, not Scream, uh, but like um, F Fortune, whatever it is, uh, Mission Fortune, whatever we, we talked about it, um. And I've enjoyed them all so far. So I mean, I'll, I'm definitely gonna go check out uh, this Mario movie. Uh, I was, yeah. I was, I was on the fence anyways because, like, I, you know, I, I don't really care about Mario that much. But you know, if Jess, if Jess says it's this good, then um, I'm definitely gonna check it out. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was always planning on going. I mean, the trailer never looked bad to me, <coughs> or at least didn't look bad enough, I should say. And again, you know, hey, you know, it's, 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 you know, we kind of understand the game with this one they kind of you know there's always been an ambition to make a mario movie you know eventually it was going to happen you know and it's like hey if it's if it's bad we'll know if it's good we'll know and so far it you know it seems so far that it's 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 pretty good but um 
yeah, I mean, you know, that's a weird hill for for John Leguizamo to try and die on. Don't get me wrong, like, you know, I, I, a part of me understand where he's coming from in terms of, uh, you know, if if, if that's the conversation you're trying to have, like, yeah, you know, there, you know, a lot of Latins are are the victims of a lot of stereotypical roles. I understand that, but it's like, you know, you were in the first one, and that you, I mean. Even if his point of view is, you know, we want Latin voice actors, okay, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but also the movie isn't about Latin people, you know? No, there's they're about Italian, and they're plumbers, man, and they're in a, another world, you know? So you ain't gonna see a lot of Latin brothers, you know, having some modellos. In mm. the Mushroom Kingdom, I, you know, you're just Bro, not see that, why'd man. you, why'd you bring up Modelo? I just cracked a Modelo from a WrestleMania <laughs> trip. Modelo's at WrestleMania, you know, Brian Ortega UFC advertising works, you know. So yeah, it's just you know, a weird. Uh, it's a it's a it's a weird attempted hill to die on. For, for yeah. Um. Last spoilery thing is they actually show Mario and Luigi's family. And this movie does a great job. Also, too, if anyone's played, like, the Wrecking Crew or Balloon Fight, like, the dude from Wrecking Crew is Mario's old, like, boss slash rival. And, like, there's just a lot of fun callbacks. If you grew up playing, like, the original era of Nintendo, this movie's going to hit. And if you're into the new stuff, it's going to hit. So, uh, that's it, you know? Got a lot of great stuff to say about it. And I'm going to go back and see it again this weekend. Yeah, but, um, and 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 also and also John Leguizamo, you were in Violent Night and The Menu, which are two really good movies. Like, shut the fuck up. He was also in The Happening, <laughs> which wasn't a good movie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, one hundred percent. And also, he got his he got his Latin animated movie, uh, and and Canto, what is it, Encanto from fucking Disney? Like that happened too. That happened twenty twenty one. Like you, it's like, buddy. <laughs> not every movie needs the diversity you're talking about because. This movie That's is half about the problem. It's most of the problem with entertainment today, you get these people like Victoria Alonso and the head of Marvel. You know, her identity and her ideals are put above her business requirements at the company, and they're like, hey, it's time to go. I mean, all that stuff came out about that. So people don't really put the, the end product at the front of that, which you should, because if you don't, nobody really cares about your, your views wrapped up in a Marvel-style package. People want what they want. I think this movie does it. And by the way, Dr. Coffindale, she brought up a great point. Shut the fuck up, pest. Yeah, if John Leguizamo <laughs> wants to talk about playing stereotypes, oh my the god, pest. Oh my god, that fucking movie. Holy yeah, bro. shit. I thought, I thought that movie died somewhere. I hope that movie had died. That's Dr. Coffindale's bringing the fucking back. Good Christ. Oh my god, that thing was so fucking bad. Doesn't he want to... So isn't he getting bad. hunted? Hey, dude, it's... <laughs> I forget. I remember there being a part where he's getting hunted, and like, I don't know. There's a whole thing about some rich guy trying to hunt him in, the, in on his on his island somewhere and some shit like that. But like, he plays in like a very a very annoying <laughs> Latino guy, like super fucking annoying. Um, and you know he plays and he plays he plays the stereotype up quite a bit, and it's like, buddy, that's that's there, that's on the internet, that's in real life, it's there forever. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Do you remember when he in the pest? Uh, dressed up as the Asian guy. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. John Leguizamo wants to run his mouth about all this shit. It's like, uh, glass house, stones, something. I may, I may need to make some gifts or some clips just for people to remember that. 
I think history has treated the pest appropriately. <laughs> yeah, just, just shoved the yeah, just just taking that side and shot it dead. But when I stepped away for a second, I could hear you talking about how this is a good year to return to theaters. I agree. I mean, I've seen probably seven movies so far this year, and I've enjoyed most of them. Hell, Ant-Man was the biggest disappointment of the year for me. And I mean, you know, that was a dumpster fire. But you had other movies like Shazam, which was way more solid than people give it credit. Mario was great. Operation Fortune. Like, it was nice. That that was the other one, yeah. I feel like... um, Now, Kingslayer, a lot of people are talking about uh, the Mario movie. Princess Peach is not an animated Mary Sue. A lot of people are taking that stuff based off the trailer. But when it comes down to it, uh, she doesn't beat Bowser. She doesn't save the day. Uh, Mario and Luigi do because because they touch the power star. They become Super Mario and Super Luigi, and they whoop his ass. Uh, Princess Peach trains Mario on the uh, the athletic course, I guess is what we'll call it, since the athletic theme is part of Mario's history. But uh, oh my god! Wait, okay. hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a scene where he's being athletic and and he, and he's doing workouts. That's fat shaming, Jeff. That's fucked up. Yeah. He talks about it too. <laughs> How dare you want to work out and be healthy? Go fuck yourself. I know, right? Nah, man, it was a good time. I think a lot of people that are talking about it on both sides are just looking to like get you know, you know talk about their stuff. Like I've seen a couple websites. I'm like, clearly, you people haven't watched the movie. Uh, it's like that's not what's in the story. You saw the commercial, which uses a shot from the end of the movie that tries to make it look like she's going to battle and all this shit, but. Yeah, she uh she tries to save the day with an ice flower and she takes out like three people and then Bowser's like, fuck you, I'm still stronger and busts through the ice. So, you know, Mario does save the day and the girl and gets the girl and all this other stuff. So that's why this Mario movie is so refreshing to me because it's a void of any of the political shit of today. Left or right, the Mario movie ain't about it. Maybe you saw a commercial, maybe you didn't, but I saw the movie and it's a much different beast. So... Um, go yeah, go see it, folks. Uh, I hopefully they make more Nintendo movies. I wanted to ask you guys this question: If Mario does make a bunch of money outside of Zelda, what's the next Nintendo movie you guys would want to see? Well, I don't want to see Zelda. That's the thing. I'd never want to see a Zelda movie. I love those games far too much to ever want to see it be put unless Nintendo is complete control of the product. Because I know they'll do an okay job with it because they, Japan doesn't really bow down to all the bullshit that we do here in entertainment. Um, plus, it'd have to be like an epic because how do you cram all of like this story of the Ocarina of Time in 98 minutes? You can't. So it'd have mm. to be like multiple chapters. Like, you know, the Lord of the Rings, but not gay and stupid. So there's that. <laughs> um, I'm always... <laughs> Was that Hillary? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about Lord of the Rings, Kendo. I've said it many times. People love Lord of the Rings. That's fine. You can love the Lord of the Rings. Just don't tell me I have to love it too because you think it's so awesome. I've tried to watch it. It's boring as fuck. And I'm one of those people. I can sit down. I can read a big-ass book. I can watch something that's boring that's got like a plot-driving device that plods along for a few minutes, but it's going to get somewhere. But that movie never gets anywhere. It's especially the extended cuts. That's like the first movie is like four hours of just fucking talking about this goddamn ring. And then the next movie's three hours of talking about this goddamn ring with an hour of, you know, dwarf tossing action sequences, which are okay. And then the final movie is another three and a half fucking hours about talking about this ring before they fucking throw it into Satan's anus. 
Sanus. Yeah. It's <laughs> just not my thing. I, I don't look, I love certain things that a lot of other people don't either. And I'm not going to be like, well, you just don't understand the nuance. I don't really give a shit. Okay. Kendo, Kendo, you're, I'm right there with you, buddy. I'm right, I'm right next to you on that. I really, I really am. That's how I feel about fucking Lord of the Rings. It's like, I mean, I watched them. That's what they are. Sorry. Yeah. And if you get that worked up over the fact that somebody doesn't like your stuff, just, you need to ask yourself, what are you doing with your life that it means that much to you? I mean, like, Top Gun means the world to me. But if you guys were all like, oh, that movie's stupid. You only like it for the volleyball scene. I'd be like, okay, number one, there is actual story driving devices in that volleyball scene. Because it's the last time he actually could have had fun with Goose. And he walks away from him and he regrets it probably. So there's that. But, you know, I'd be like, hey, you know what? it's my favorite movie. I don't care about what you think because I know I'm happy knowing that I can enjoy it. Yeah. Bitch. folks this has been coach kendo's review of lord of the rings if you would like another review send in your messages or uh wait until next week when it happens maybe uh now guys i don't think there's much to say about the mario movie uh else there is i mean people should go watch it so Um, is um is is tetris like an exclusively nintendo thing no no okay It, it came out first in america i believe on the game boy but it's a Russian game that existed on computers, what, five years before it came to America, Kendo? Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that, because that dude made it in, like, the early 80s or something like that, I think, or was it before then? I don't know. I I never was aware of Tetris until it hit the Game Boy, and people had it, and that had to have been, like, 1990, so it yeah. had to have been around before then, so, I mean... I know Nintendo said, well, I don't know if we can get Tetris. I have a great idea. Let's create a game called Dr. Mario, which is exactly like Tetris, kind of. That was fun. I don't like, I don't like <laughs> Dr. Mario as much as I like Yoshi Cookie. It's essentially the same game, but you know. Oh, yeah, I know. The next, I mean, I think I think the next, uh, the next Nintendo property they should make a movie of is Donkey Kong. I think that would I would be watch that. One. Yeah, I, I think that'd be an easy one for them to do. Now, Donkey Kong plays a big part in this Mario movie, and I I know how we all the, talk about that Seth could be Rogen. the trajectory they're going. Also, well, also the the projection for this movie for the week for the whole time it's out this week or weekend or whatever is is one hundred forty one million. One hundred forty one million domestically. Yeah, that's the, oh, wow. that's, the, that's a projection. Cool. I hope it makes all that money and more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, to answer the question. My own question about the Nintendo movie I'd like to see outside of Zelda. God, I would watch... You know what movie I would really like to watch? Is a, is a parody boxing movie made of Punch-Out. That, that would, would be, be a amazing. lot of fun. <laughs> and I want them, because he's now back in the good graces of society, I want them to bring back Mike Tyson as the final guy. Like, make a literally yeah. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out the movie. Yeah, they can I'd euthanize him and make him look like he did back in oh, the Oh, yeah, movies. dude. They could, I'm, I'm down for them euthanizing him, you know, totally, man. They would totally do that. He could he could use some euthanization. He's looking a little, only, looking a little old. The only, the, only, and the only hurdle there could be there, because it's the year 2023 and not 1988 or whatever it is, is that... The um, opponent boxers for Little Mac were typically very um, uh, stereotypical of where they were from. Like the fact that the Japanese guy was named literally Piston Honda. So 
it, you would have, and because of the original Russian, the well, Soviet fighter was vodka drunkinsky because it was the Cold War and you could do that thing. But then when they ported it to Nintendo from the arcade, they had to call him Soda Popinski. So he's still a oh, commie, bro. and his skin color is pink because he's a fucking pinko commie. So <laughs> you could that would be like the only hurdle. You'd have to make it definitely like parody and satire. But I think people even still get all pissy like. They made that French guy a giant pussy, and he gets beat up all the time. Like, yeah, that's what because that's Glass Joe. Okay, he sucks. He's the first fight he's for a French. reason. Jesus, what do you what do you want from him? God, yeah, man. he's gonna get a baguette busted off in his ass when I get done with him. Okay, <laughs> shut up. I can knock him out in like thirty eight seconds. Oh, God, somebody somebody said in the chat, Duck Hunt the movie. I'd watch that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Dude. as long as it's got a dog that laughs at you every time you fuck up. Duck Hunt is in this Mario movie. It's a a restaurant actually. <laughs> I love I mean, it. I don't. I love it. It's called something Canard, and it has the actual duck on the logo. And then there is a place called the Punch Out Pizzeria, and it's got like arcade games and all this shit. So, you know, they know what they're doing. I think. I mean, in, I, I, I with with this movie doing. I think we'll see what happens Monday. But if this movie does, you know, good, I think we're we're going to see a Nintendo, um, a Nintendo universe happening over the next few years. Now, as we're, as we're coming out, ooh, I like that name. Well, guys, we're coming off of Mar or the Marvel stuff, shit in the bed. We're coming off of Star Wars, kind of just you know fizzling out, piddling out here and there. Like, yeah, do you think? That, look, I'm coming off the excitement of this movie, but I don't know if a Nintendo universe would if they if they can treat all of the movies like this, I'd be fine. Like an F Zero movie that's like this. Or you know anything really? Well, just okay, time here's all together. The, well, here's the question: Would you want them to connect, or do you want that? Would you want it to be like, like one movie every like, uh, let's say, let's say every 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 two years um, of a certain of like Donkey Kong or these and the other? They don't, they, they never connect. There's never this giant universe. No, you got to make them happens. connect. It's it's like the MCU. You know, sometimes it's Mario in a movie. Sometimes it's Donkey Kong. Every now and then they come together to you know have Donkey Kong fire barrels at Mario. So you know shit like that. But okay. no, you could totally do that. You could, because the games they all kind of stand alone. But then, like, you get the Smash Brothers type shit or the Mario Kart, where they all cross over. So you oh, could God. figure out a way to make that work. So the Smash Brothers movie, okay, let's say that they do the Smash Brothers movie later on, like six years from now or something, and that's 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 the that's their Avengers, and they do you know the Avengers thing where like after like so many movies they'll do Smash Brothers two and three Dude, and four even better. You have them all team up. So, like, people are like, well, in Smash Brothers, that's everybody going to fight. I can make a movie out of that. It's easy. The good Nintendo characters have to fight the bad Nintendo characters on a world of their choosing in order to protect Nintendo. Because if they lose, the bad Nintendo characters will take over good Nintendo land. And then it's like a Mortal Kombat style tournament since we just ripped off the plot to Mortal Kombat. So, there that works. There and I don't know who owns Midway. Does Nintendo own Midway? Warner Brothers. So Mortal Kombat stuff balls because then you could totally do that because you know then they can't get sued (laughs) but now they can get sued to get sued yeah um this movie uh the way it works in this one though is like there's the real world and then there's a I guess it's the whole world of Nintendo but they eventually they merge at the end of the movie this movie borrows a little bit from the Avengers not necessarily just the end game stuff where like multiverses collide but they actually do borrow. This is the only like thing that makes me roll my eyes. They borrow the shot out of the Avengers. Remember how in the first one, Iron Man gets the missile and he flies through the wormhole? Yeah. 
in this move, and then it, it shows the a missile or the yeah it shows the missile go out into space, hit the command ship, and kill all the Chitari. This movie, uh, the big ultimate weapon is a giant bullet bill, and Mario has the Tanuki suit, and he's like zipping around the the Mushroom Kingdom and shit. And he goes, ah, and he realizes he'll put it in a portal. So he like flies up to the, the warp pipe and then the warp pipe sucks in the bullet bill. And then it's literally the same shot as the Avengers where it just shows the bullet bill go out into outer space and all this shit explode. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, look, if, if the Avengers is now cool though. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying if they're now parodying the Avengers, I'm down. I, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I think they're parodying the Avengers there. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think, I think they're really shooting for a Nintendo universe type movie. Um, franchise going on. I mean, I'm in. If they want to make the Nintendoverse movies, I will be like, good, because the rest of the movies nowadays suck. So I'm fine. I will definitely... You know what, Nintendo, if you're watching, you're not. But if you were, I will be the shill for that. I will go out there and tell everybody how great all these movies are. I, I will be the Grace Randolph for Nintendo's universe movie style, <laughs> if that's what you want. Okay? I will do it. I'm... As long as as long as you pay him well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, mean, I don't come cheap. Okay, you got to at least give me like twenty bucks. Does Nintendo own Paperboy? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, no, I, that's, I think so. that's like Activision, right? It might be. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, we're gonna no, paper, me, Paperboy. To the Googles. Let's find <laughs> out. Uh, it's developed by Mindscape Midway West, so it is not Nintendo um, proper. proper. Now, uh, folks, it's time to check in with you guys in just a moment. But Castlevania Doom Krieg would be an amazing movie. I know I said Nintendo only, but I think if I'm going to pick one game franchise, dude, no, Castle Castlevania would be a lot of fun. I do, I do enjoy that kind of crazy World War II stuff. That's uh, that'd be a good time. That'd be a damn good time. Um, I would also like, oh, uh, what is it, an Army of Two movie? I think that'd be fun as well. Yeah, that'd be a bitchin' movie. Yeah. How would you feel about? Basically, Army of Two, but it's like Keanu Reeves and Jason Statham. Um, where do I where do I buy where do I buy my fucking ticket right now, Jeff? Right the fuck now. Yeah, when's that movie coming out? I got to block off some time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> guys, Keanu so... Reeves and Jason Statham. I know, dude. So you'd have like okay, so you'd still have you'd have his old John Wick persona. You'd have Jason Statham be like the the bad one, and Keanu Reeves be the good one. I guess you know, like the non asshole. That would be wonderful. Like, who's the who's who? Who would be their boss though? Like, that gives them the missions. Idris Elba. Fine, I'm there. I'm there. That's okay. <laughs> who's the bad guy? Who's the bad guy? Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, it's a double it's a cross, twist. yo. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. All He's right. a triple agent, Jonesy. <laughs> All right. No, I'm still there for it. I'm still there for it. I have a bad feeling that. All of this movie hype that we're feeling and all this excitement will die with Indiana Jones 5. And we'll go, wow, <laughs> they still don't know how to make movies. Fuck. <laughs> well, it'll, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be a glorious dumpster fire for sure. It will be. Uh, Nick, would you do us a favor and pick a number between 1 and 69 so we can check in with our wonderful audience who's been very patient about the Super Chats. Folks, keep sending them in. We will read everyone on air tonight. We appreciate all that you guys do. And uh, Nick... What is your number, sir? 42. Ah, 42. Well, folks, you know what happens when we request number 42 here on this channel. (laughs) 
If I were a rich man, all day long I'd biddy biddy bum. If I were a wealthy man, Oi! Now, um, a lot of TLJ Screwjob will answer your question uh, officially, but I will say this to give you an idea. They don't really change a lot of the Nintendo designs. Like, if a character looks a certain way, uh, they kind of keep it. So I'm hoping if they ever do Zero Suit Samus, they'll do the same. But uh, I'll answer that question directly in a moment. If they do Samus, she better have fucking boobs. I'm tired of this bullshit. Yeah, I mean, the char- look, if the Nintendo game that's rated E for everyone has it, I don't think it's offensive for a movie. Like, no one's advocating that this be an M-rated movie, but if a character looks a certain way, don't change it up. Like, you know, it's it, to me, it's just stupid. It's like uh, if Mario, they changed his shirt, or they changed his, uh, if Mario wore purple and brown. Uh, to me, that would be just as egregious of a change, and stupid, so... So Georgian says, I didn't know huts could change species. I mean, they can change sex, apparently. What do you mean Lizzo wasn't playing a hut? Oh, uh, I got a video for that already made. That'll drop early tomorrow morning. So guys, get yourselves ready for that. But there is a Mandalorian segment. I will talk about it. I've been watching the show every week, much to my own chagrin. And uh, yeah, I will talk about Lizzo in a minute. But guys, have you seen the Lizzo pictures from uh, the Mandalorian? Dude, I thought that was a joke. I honestly thought that was a joke because I, I, I saw, at first I saw it. I'm like, okay, what is this? And it's like Lizzo in Star Wars. I'm like, no, nah, that's got to be a joke. They're just making fun of it because it's a fat black girl and they're just calling her Lizzo. No, wait, it is Lizzo. Shit. Why is she in Star Wars? Um, that was be, because she walked on set, I guess, and they couldn't move her off. <laughs> oh, boy, damn. I didn't. I was like, you, Kendo. I heard Lizzo was in Star Wars and I was like, all right, whatever. But then when I watched the episode and saw Jack Black, I was like, Jack fucking Black is in Star Wars? It was weird. It took me out of the show. Like, I love Jack Black, but he just doesn't fit. I was laughing. No, he doesn't. He he doesn't. He's too, he's like, he's, yeah, he's too much of like just a a funny, like he's the funny fat guy who's, who who everybody likes. And him doing something like kind of that serious as a Star Wars show or whatever doesn't fit his persona. I mean, I'm glad he did it. I'm sure he got paid good for him. But it's, yeah, like, it's, it just seems weird. Yeah, it was, um, it is weird. Like, if he was, if, if he was a bounty that the Mandalorian had to pick up and he was, like, constantly running and being just goofy and things like that, I'd be fine with that. That'd be hilarious. Um, but if he's trying to be serious in the Star Wars show, that doesn't work. It's kind of, it's just weird. He's like a, he's a dignitary. He's married yeah, see, to that's, Lizzo. Yeah, that's the, God. <laughs> yeah, they're a couple. Damn, dude. Um, go to go to hyperspace and just leave. Just all right. Well, let's let's leave and go to the next question from Rob Brantz. Thank you, Rob. Uh, what the hell is a Lizzo? Axel Foley button, please. Sure, no problem. <laughs> we'll press the Axel Foley. Now, hold on. Do you mean this Axel Foley button? I'm gonna kick your ass later. <laughs> no, I know which one you want. That's oh, okay. I'm just teasing you. We'll give you this one. I just like to say. <laughs> I guess you uh, want part two, right? Hey, what's the music from? <laughs> You're having shimmy, entirely too much fun with that. Yeah. Yeah, every time, Dion. 
You know, Dion, this was the first time we hung out that we didn't actually listen to Axel F or watch anything Beverly Hills Cop related. What the fuck, man? We did, we, we did listen to Axel F once after we got Jake. Oh, okay. I guess I was too drunk to remember that. Yeah. yeah anyway. Once. Yeah. Well, okay, good. We kept the routine going. Uh, Enrique Vasquez says, Hail WCBS. I met Dion and he's awesome. Also, I'm going to be a dad. Can I get an, an excellent? Of course you can. Congratulations, pal. Yeah, too uh, late to turn back now. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Oh, man. Tell us how you really feel, excellent. Kendo. <laughs> I need to watch that movie. It's been months. Uh, but congratulations to our friend Enrique, folks. We got another generation of WCBS coming up. So, uh, yeah, there we go. We're growing well, I mean, yeah, multi-generational. That, that, yeah, that kid's going to be fine. They're going to get all, all, all the cool movies and TV shows to watch. They'll be good. And good Lego sets, too. <laughs> That's true. Shrubbles08 says, I'll take a Joe Rogan slap nuts and a Back to the Future Biff, please. Sure. So, first off, we'll give you your Joe Rogan button because I'm on this tab and it's easy to find. Did you see that guy accidentally hit that moose with his car? No. Holy shit, Jamie, pull that video up. And then I get to use a clip from my one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie. And uh, folks, here it is right now. <laughs> You're brought back the motorcycle. Hooray. Oh, you know what I should do this Halloween is remember how I had the Ben Tramer button? Yeah. I'll do the Ben Schrammer button mixed with the motorcycle. There you go. There you go. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, his, um, his, I guess his documentary or his bi- biography or whatever it's called is coming out soon. It's just what I always wanted. Yeah. Um, it's called Still Up. Yeah, I, I, I hate that a lot of these like really fun things are coming, are coming out through like Apple TV or Apple whatever the hell their production company is called. Um, but they're getting them, so whatever. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't do Apple TV, but uh, not you know. no, and a lot of people don't because it's it's I think it's like ten bucks a month for their service. Mm-hmm. But it you gotta doesn't... watch Ted Lasso, a TV show that came out of a joke commercial. I I I one hundred percent agree. I've heard wonderful things about Ted Lasso, but I might have to acquire that by other means just to just to watch it. In all honesty, Dude, all my all my soccer friends love it because they're in the tank for anything soccer. They're like Star Wars fans. Like you could put you could put soccer TV on anything. And they'll be like, oh, this is such a great show. It's like, dude, I fucking love sports too, but they can make – they may, Major League, you know, three sucks, okay? I can say that that baseball movie is crap. Get over it. <laughs> uh, up next, we have one from our friend uh, Sejorjan. Oh, sorry. No. A TLJ Screwjob was Jeff. There's the latest video, no three questions during the space part. Thank you, TLJ Screwjob. Um, I'll go back and fix that kind of stuff. I just must have... Uh... Well, that video was made before the meetup, and I was trying to piece it Do together and take care of it. Yeah. 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 But uh, I ended up not even getting it done, so I uploaded it yesterday and must have missed that part. But, uh, folks, we got a new video dropping tomorrow, and... I have uh, we have some new equipment here at WCBS. We upped our game. So normally we were using a program called Audacity to do our audio editing, but today we upgraded to Adobe 
what is audition that called audition yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's what uh, i use for, video that's what i use for doing on my podcast man it's uh yeah. It, oh, oh yeah I, I need then if, if you're gonna do it for voiceover then i need, need to send you a video that will that you can actually what is it um make your voiceover sound really good in about like six clicks all right, send me that tomorrow, or send it to me as soon as you can, because I will start doing that for our next. Yeah, video. it's yeah, it's like it, it's what I use for for like like leveling out podcast stuff. It's yeah, it's like well, once again, like three or four clicks, like a few filters you put on and stuff. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Don't worry about it. Hey, speaking of uh, your podcast, one of the people from your podcast that you work on, I sent me a friend request the other day. I'm like, all right, I remember you. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we'll do a crossover one day. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh... We know how to set it up. Uh, but uh, TLJ Screwjob, thank you. We'll read a few more of these, and we'll get right back into the show for the audience. So Georgian says, Coach Kendo, TV shows and movies you believe, in your opinion, are historically accurate or date, or don't take too many liberties with its historical setting. Band of Brothers, um, that's the first one. Uh, the Pacific, that's another one. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think. Those are the main two that I can think of. Um... Uh, there's a movie called Conspiracy that came out. It was an HBO movie like 20-something years ago about the uh, the conference where some of the high-ranking uh, Germans of World War II persuasion um, sat down and came up with the, um, the, um, the answer to the question that they had that I can't say out loud because I don't want to get fucking nuked um, on YouTubes. But that's, you. that's, that's a good one. Um... Those are the only ones I can really think of off the top of my head. I, if you want to talk about historical stuff that's like really true to the source material, the movie Gettysburg is because it doesn't take a whole lot of liberties with the book The Killer Angels that it was based off of. And a lot of that is based on what actually happened at the Battle of Gettysburg for the most part and things of that nature. Um, luckily, the right team won. And... Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. There's not a, there's not a whole lot of them out there that don't take liberties because, I mean, if you've ever seen Pearl Harbor, you know this. They have to jack a love story into there somewhere. You know, like I got excited because I saw there was a movie called Passchendaele. So I'm like, oh, good. It's about the Third Battle of Eve, which was horrifically violent and bloody. And neither side gained anything of this. And then as soon as I read the thing, like the cover of the movie was some dude making out with a chick. I'm like. Oh, good. There's a fucking love story fucking injected right there in the 1917, you know, fucking killing fields of, you know, Belgium. So no thanks. I'm not interested. And I never watched it. So I'm just going to go with those because those are the ones on top of my head that I can think of right now that I know for a fact they don't really take a whole lot of liberties because they're based off of shit. Well, the, with the exception of the, the, the Gettysburg, where they actually had firsthand accounts of the fucking stuff that happened that they they went with and they you know, said we can't really take too many liberties because we would be fucking over these people and the stories they actually told us about what happened. Hmm. Well, I will, uh, I'll check some of those out. Now that's band of brothers has Rick Schroeder in it, right? No, that's, um, that's actually another movie that was an A and E original movie that was called the lost battalion. Okay. Um, I don't know how true that of a story. I mean, okay. It's a true story in that we did have a battalion that got lost a few weeks before the war ended that took a bunch of casualties, but held off the crowds. However, I'm not sure how true the movie is. I don't know how many liberties they take. Cause I've never like read like a firsthand or 
damn near close to firsthand account of what actually happened. Well, folks, if you have any more historical questions or things like that, you can always send them to Coach Kendo because he is WCBS's history expert extraordinaire. Kind of like how we have a a psychic extraordinaire, Mr. Cleo and Johnny Wishbone. We have, you know, other extraordinaires here on World Class Bullshitters. Yes, that that gay Irish girl, one, two, three, four, if that is your real name. Um, The Pacific does use firsthand accounts. They, um, I think it's called Helmet for My Pillow. That's the Corporal Robert Leckie book. And then there is another one, uh, Sledge, Eugene Sledge. I don't know. I can't recall the name of his book, but those two books were written by Marines that were in fucking the Pacific theater dealing with what they were dealing with and fighting it. And they both wrote books about it. And the Pacific is pretty much based off of those two stories. If you watch the Pacific, it's like two different, it's two different stories happening at one time in the same theater of action with two main protagonists. So, yeah, very good show. Uh, we'll do one more. Actually, we'll do two more because uh, they have buttons. Uh, so Georgian says, you're forgiven, Kendo, for your lateness. Jeff, play Kendo's favorite button, please. So Georgian, you're not forgiven for using the wrong fucking tense of your. <laughs> God damn it. Hey, show some love. He wanted me to press this button for you right here. That's just millions of millions of dollars just filling up in the <laughs> oh, it, mechanic forgot to tighten a bolt. It just makes me laugh every time I watch that plane crash. Luckily, no one was harmed breaking this button. <laughs> <laughs> no one was harmed in the crashing of this jet. But you know what? This will be the actual way to transit. Now I'm not going to press the guy on the motorcycle. He dies enough here on this channel. So. Uh... <laughs> Get what you fucking deserve. Uh, but, oh my gosh! Ah, fuck it. Damn it. Yeah. Oh god. Part part two is coming out soon. I think. What, they just finished filming it today. Crashed. Oh no. Uh, oh, they did. Okay. Jeez. Mm-hmm. All right. The next year, then. Are you guys interested in uh, Joker Two? What is it called? Like something with follies? I don't know. It's French. I don't know, Joker man. Two. I, I feel like the first one was like true lightning in a bottle. Because I was against it because it's like, oh, I don't need a backstory for the Joker. I don't need to empathize with the Joker. He's a fucking lunatic that kills people for funsies. I don't, we don't. And then the movie came out and it was like, that was actually really good. And then it's like, I don't know if we need a second one though. But then again, I could be wrong. I could be like, uh, we don't need a second one. Just like, we don't need the first one. It turns out it's actually really fucking good. It's a musical. Uh, never mind. With, with Lady Gaga. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I, I, I don't about her, I, I feel she's like a fucking weirdo. Like she's good in some things and not good in other stuff. And like it's, she's just a fucking weirdo, really. <laughs> so I don't I know. Think she's, I think she's weird enough to actually pull it off. Because like I'll give her credit, she's a good singer. And I don't like her meat dress and all that other gimmick. But like, yeah. it's gonna sound all right. We know so. Joaquin Phoenix is crazy enough to pull it off. Just look at his fucking Oscar speech about the baby cows. I mean, oh god, I remember that. It's like, <laughs> wait, are you still in character? Know. He might be. He's I he's he, he never left character. Nah, man, he, he doesn't drop left. character until the DVD commentary. <laughs> one way to do it. I mean, oh my god, you got to commit to the bit. Now, Kendo, I wanted to play this at the beginning, uh, but I forgot to mention it as soon as you got here, guys. Let's play a round of fake headlines, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So, which one of these is real? Brussels Monopoly game row ends in samurai sword fight with a man said to be fighting for his life. 
Beverage pretending to be beer features man pretending to be a woman. And NBC debuts new show, Law and Order, Falsification of Business Records Unit. Which of those three is accurate? <laughs> that middle one, well, I think, is, is, is the real one. <laughs> that middle First one, one, I know, is a headline from the B because I saw that. Um, the, pro- the thing is with the, the, the third one, the society we live in tells me that there's a good chance that could possibly be a real thing. And I could see people get, I mean, if you've never gotten, you know, violent towards somebody while playing Monopoly, are you really playing it right? So I'm going to go with the third one is the fake one. Uh, Nick, what are you going for? Um, The first one. That's the fake one. Dion? Uh, The third one's the fake one. Well, uh, Dion is technically right. Because he got the he guessed the fake one, but the first one's the actual real headline: the Brussels Monopoly game. <laughs> Can you oh believe that shit? <laughs> oh. now, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. The trouble reportedly started in the forest area of the Belgian capital about 5 a.m. on Sunday when residents became annoyed by four people playing the board game Monopoly on the pavement outside their home. A man came out of his house, apparently brandishing a stick, and got into an argument with the Monopoly players. Reports say the resident's son then came outside armed with a Japanese samurai sword in its holster. During the scuffle that followed, the katana sword became exposed after the sheath was allegedly removed by one of the Monopoly players, reporting, reported by Le Libre. The players tried to grab the katana and remove the holster. The son tried to get it back, police said. It's thought the son and one of the Monopoly players were injured by the blade. Uh, the Monopoly player was later discharged, local media reported, but the resident's son was said to be in a life-threatening condition. Both men were arrested. The area, along with the street where the game had been played by the group, which consisted of three men and a woman, was left stained with a large patch of blood and scattered with Monopoly cards after the confrontation. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this was not an April Fool's headline. This was from yesterday. (laughs) Damn. Yeah, I figured that one just because it has to be. People get very upset playing Monopoly. (laughs) Yeah, they do. What was that Dane Cook skit? You kick your grandma in the chest. She's a cheating whore. Yeah. <laughs> God. Now, uh, back to the show, though. So, guys, we talked about the Mandalorian. We haven't talked about it, or we did talk about the Mandalorian. But the other thing I wanted to bring up in terms of uh, some Disney stuff, the return to physical media. Now, every week we talk about uh, wanting to buy our discs, wanting to buy our discs and, uh, well, it's like there's one format. They're all on discs these days. So you can buy your 4K, your Blu-ray, your DVD, whatever you want to buy, but you can buy movies. And after the Disney uh, financial headache, essentially, they've come out and said, Bob Iger, that they're going to be going back to home video. They're going to be looking into the home video market because they believe that there's a lot of money to be had there. So obviously other places are going to follow suit and we're going to see the return of home video, even though it never really left. My guess is they're just going to find a way to jack up physical media prices to fifteen percent more and treat it it's like it's probably, a new it's event. It's going to be a subscription service saying that, like you know, oh, you pay for Disney Plus and add another like you know hundred dollars a year to it, and get, we, get and, the and, home video of the month for free and all these other titles for only ten cents. <laughs> Easy, Columbia House. Um, um, yeah, it'll probably be a subscription thing where like you know you tack it onto your Disney Plus um, account. And every month or whenever one comes out, you're the first one to get it, you know, mail to you or whatever. So, 
in whatever format I, you want, Blu-ray, you know, 4K, whatever. I want them to bring me a film reel. <laughs> so bring it to my house and set it up right fucking now. Yeah, I, that's exactly. I just, I just want them to come out of their shell and acknowledge the fact that they made Song of the South, and I want it to be released <laughs> in its original format on Blu-ray. Oh my because, god! No, there's a few reasons. Number one, I want them to own up to that shit and stop trying to like you know do the WWF thing of rewriting history and pretending it didn't ever happen. And number two. The dude from that movie actually got honored by the Academy. Yep. And you're shitting on his legacy and what he accomplished by not acknowledging that it exists. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you're you're yeah, you're you're shitting you're, you're shitting on somebody's legacy who's in that movie who you hired, who you then you made it. But now you're embarrassed about it and you tried to erase yeah. the fucking ride the ride from it as well. Make no yeah. motherfucking mistake. That's a movie to be embarrassed about. Like, like, let's make sure that <laughs> we're not saying that it's a good like, movie. We're not that saying it's, you know, high quality to go watch the movie by. and look, and it's a good movie. Make no motherfucking mistake about it. This ain't that type of motherfucking show. That being said, people are complicated. Time is complicated, and even though that movie was made for racist motherfuckers, it was a black dude that they were watching. So we're not, you know, you know, they're they're beating around the bush tippy-toeing and dancing around like ballerinas, we ain't saying to go watch the motherfucking movie. So let's just make sure that shit is clear. No, no, we're not saying to watch it at all. <laughs> at yeah, all. So that, you know. We're just <laughs> saying own it. Own up to it. Yeah, that's all we want them. We want them to own up to it. Be like, yeah, you made this. Right. Come on. The same company that made that shit didn't want a brother on the movie poster in China. So right. even though these movies are 90 years apart, you know, some stuff stays the same. So you're still Disney. Don't forget that shit. And we still remember the crows in Dumbo too. So, you know. <laughs> There's that one as well. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. his name Jim? God mm-hmm. damn. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I thought that was his name. <laughs> That's pretty sure it was Jim Crow, Jim Crow, and I can't remember the other two motherfuckers. I'm going to say don't know. I can't remember the other two. Hang on. Voice cast. Let's see. Dumbo, Timothy Q. Mouse, Elephant Matriarch, Dandy Crow, so D- Dandy Crow, Crow Choir, Deacon Crow, Fats Crow, Specs Crow, and Dopey Crow. Well, Fats Crow. It's good enough. Ah, here we go. Cliff Edwards is Dandy Crow, previously named Jim Crow on the original model sheets. I guess even back then they're like, we can't do that. That is way too <laughs> What a time to be alive. <laughs> I would no, not for us. That, I would have loved him in that writers meeting. <laughs> 1940 writers meeting in Disney. We're going to have a black crow and he's going to sound very minstrel and we're going to call him Jim Crow and somebody going, you know, I don't think we should go that far. Everything up to the Jim Crow part is fine, but not that last bit. Let's call him Dandy because that's so much better. <laughs> you think that was Walt? I don't know. I somebody think else. Walt- I don't know. I feel like Walt was kind of on board with the whole thing just because of, you know, the things that have come out about Walt Disney since his demise. Yeah, I'll put but, me back. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you know, there, there were, there were Donald, there were World War II Donald, um, sorry, World War II German Donald cartoons. Yeah. That's okay then. Yeah. The one's I mean, funny though that he makes fun of the, the party. Yes. Thank you, YouTube. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, right, Kendo? Yeah. Yes. I look. All the Looney Tunes and the and the the cartoons back then that were made as propaganda pieces, I get it. It's wartime. 
I don't think that we should hide those either because of the fact that like, oh, you know, we made caricatures of who was the enemy of our country at the time. Because it's like those have a time and place because, number one, you can learn that maybe we shouldn't dehumanize the enemy the way we should. Although then again, it was also a much different time and we were at war with two relatively speaking, one very much so evil powers on you know each side of the planet. So. I mean, I personally don't think it's there's anything wrong with, you know, making the Krauts out to be a bunch of fucking soulless monsters. But if you get a chance I, to see uh, the Daffy Duck cartoon where he goes and bangs, um, we'll just call him uh, Shitler over the head with a hammer. Pretty damn funny. That's some funny shit. It is. Well, there's, uh, all right. I know what the answer is for everybody, but like... Uh... Warner Brothers cartoon shorts or Disney cartoon shorts? Oh, Warner Brothers. It's got to be Warner Brothers, man. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to bet against Warner. Like, don't get me wrong, Disney you know, did a lot of crazy shit, but the Warner Brothers one—it's ah, hard to bet against. Dude, yeah, I remember, dude, I remember, I remember watching those. All the way. Yeah, I remember watching Looney Tunes as a kid, man. Those were wonderful. They're still good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the Bugs Bunny stuff's fine. I mean, I was, I liked Bugs Bunny, but I, I mean, Roadrunner Coyote, that's my shit. I love that stuff. I could watch that all day. I have. I love Warner Brothers cartoons. And I like that they have the nerve to just put it out and go, hey, this is what it was like back then. Yeah. Not alter it. We made some really not nice things in 1942. Get over it. (laughs) Yeah. We're not proud of it. We don't do it anymore, but it is. There was a war on. Okay. Calm down. Not everyone. Doesn't anymore. <laughs> Not everyone. Some motherfuckers mean- make movies and then get honorary Oscars. Just <laughs> Those motherfuckers still do it. Like Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw him. I got, I saw him get one of them little gold Oscar statues. As far as I'm concerned, that's an Academy. Yeah, Award man. Because right you know, he's, he's he's making them new age minstrel shows, baby. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to excuse any of his shit. I've never watched him a DM movie. He's making them funny black folk shows. Ah, shit, we love God. (laughs) And we're like, have unhealthy relationships. And that's okay. (laughs) I would never want to torture you, even as a joke, and say, let's watch him a DM movie because... They've always always looked terrible to me. Ever ever since I I saw that character come on... You know, come on the scene. I was like, no, this is fucking terrible. This looks dude. Insane. I remember when that shit got popular and it was like, okay, this is a funny little gimmick, you know. And then the two movies came out Dire of Bad Black Women. I think it was like Family Reunion was the second one. You know, I fucked with those movies, but the shit got old. And then he was like, you know what? This makes me money. I'm just going to lean into it, you know. And it, and it is funny that there is a movie with Maya Angelou and Cicely Tyson yelling at a bunch of younger black people about dancing. Like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Wait, is it like a point break situation where they're, they shouldn't be dancing? Or is it like they suck at dancing? No, no, no. It's, like a, it's supposed to be an inspirational, inspirational, like, magical old black ladies are talking to the youngins. Like, care about your families. And But it starts because they're, like, dancing and enjoying hip-hop. And they're like, why are y'all dancing and shaking like that? And it's like, ah, it's an H-U-L. Cicely Tyson, <laughs> you're a black all-star, but this sucks. Fuck you, Tyler Perry. <laughs> and then it's Tyler Perry in the fast. would be like, mm-hmm. I saw about 10 minutes of, I saw about 10 minutes of Medea's boo or whatever it was, like 10, 12 years ago, the Halloween one. And I was like, 
this is kind of uncomfortable because <laughs> even, even, I, even I, even me, super honky over here, I'm like, this is kind of offensive. <laughs> kind of? Well, I can't claim it's fully offensive the because then I would be appropriating it. movies are like, it's me, I'm a dude in a fat suit, and I'm a big black woman who has a bunch of family. That's the joke. <laughs> over and over again. Like, girl, shut the hell up. Like, <laughs> that's the joke. Oh, I kind of want Dion to act out a Tyler Perry movie that motherfucker now. motherfucker got I... <laughs> crazy ripped off of it, and they gave him an honorary Oscar for that same fucking joke. Well, Dion, um, he's got his own studio here in Atlanta, and I've heard from some people who have worked for him and who have, who have like lent him out equipment uh, that he's an asshole. Oh yeah, he's a giant be asshole. Because whenever whenever people work for him, like they're they get they get shit on breaks. They you know he yells at them and all kinds of shit like that. When people run into them equipment and they've gotten it back, it's always like um, they're just throwing it in the box or throwing it in the case and put it back where it's supposed to be. Like, yeah, nobody likes working with that studio in town. So what you're saying is we should take one of his movies and give Dion the Eddie Murphy treatment where he plays every role in it and just. Oh uh, yeah, I am saying that entirely. I am saying that entirely. Yeah. So, folks in the chat, if if you want us to do that to a Tyler Perry Medea movie, pick which one you want us to do it with, and we will totally make Dion recreate the entire movie, scene by scene, line by line, playing every role, eventually. <laughs> or Millard. <laughs> Dion would fucking hate us. He's like, I, I hate all of you guys so much right now. Who was supposed to be fucking... Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown, oh, I'm Mr. Brown. I'm the black dude with the goofy clothes on and I dance. I can do the half splits. Mm, I'm dancing for you, massa. Mm. <laughs> Mr. Brown, God. Mm. I'm funny and I'm dancing. I love Jesus. Mm, yeah. Hey, look at this. I say crazy things because I'm older and I'm black and I can dance. Mm. And you're laughing, massa? Fuck you. <laughs> watch susan get mad at us for that it's like whoa come on now let's read the room here susan <laughs> we'll get flagged for your tapatio image <laughs> yes vince culture being culturally appropriated into tapatio which is a california-based salsa picante i believe it's delicious too i have uh i've got a bottle in the cabinet i have these little uh packets of it they gave it with me they gave it to me at breakfast yeah, I, I use it on all my breakfast burritos I make at home. Now, the one Tyler Perry movie, I've seen one movie that he's actually in, and I was really pissed off when I saw him in it, and it was Star Trek. Now, I know a lot of people have oh, opinions yeah. on J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, <laughs> and we'll leave it alone. good movie that he's in. Yeah, but does he really, like, belong in that he, movie? <laughs> it's the future, Jeff. Are you saying there's all black people the in the future? Is that what you're saying? things in way better movies. Don't get me wrong. Fuck Tyler Perry, but the motherfucker says, "Hey, yo, you cheating, motherfucker!" Like that's his word. Like I, I hate Tyler Perry. Like, does he belong? I mean, I guess, but you know, shit. Let's not forget, fucking Meatloaf is in a bunch of weird shit. Yeah, but, but Meatloaf is a better casting. actor. I mean, eh. is he? Fight Club. Okay, okay. Here's 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 another for you for Meatloaf. He has tits. I wouldn't call that actor. Okay. Also, also, Meatloaf was in a movie called Formula Fifty One with Samuel L. Jackson. So, Which was now Meatloaf was also in Spice World. So, let's not <laughs> wasn't he in, but hold on, wasn't he in Black Dog with Patrick Swayze? 
He was in Black Dog too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That well, movie's legit. Travis. No, it's both. It's him and Randy Travis. Well, I I don't like Randy Travis because he steals his music from uh, school teachers in Texas. I agree. And you know, he gets in fights with prostitutes and and gets beat up. That's just the way God made him. Don't judge. <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of two types of real worlds in that uh, statements that we just had there. I'm just quoting King of the Hill for anyone. I know, I know what Holy you were shit. doing. I, I know you were going with that, and then Dion brought out a real world story about Randy Travis fighting prostitutes. I <laughs> didn't know he actually fought one. Did dude, he the mugshot. Dude, there was like a mugshot of him, like yeah. with a black eye, because they found oh, him he like half naked. Like, that was a moment where, like, Tennessee. you become an adult and you're like, "Yeah, real things happen to people." And that dude, <laughs> whatever happened to him that night? Obviously, him getting the mugshot was the least of his fucking words. Mm-hmm. I just remember that mugshot came out two days before the the Deadpool draft that year, and he was a second round pick because of it. Oh, before anybody asks, we still haven't had a draft this year. I have a feeling this is like a COVID year and it's not going to happen, which sucks because I had some decent picks. Anything you want to tell us off air? I mean, I'll just tell you now. I got fucking Mongo McMichael last year because he does not look good and he was going to be my first round pick this year. Well, uh, I always feel sad when I see him. Him and uh, Lex Luger. To see what they used to look yeah, like and to see what they yeah, look like Yeah, sexy, yeah, sexy Lexi was on my radar too because he's been progressively getting worse. Oh jeez. Yeah, that dude ain't been legit in like a decade. Like I feel like of all the the people in the pro wrestling world that have passed on, every single year, every single fan's like, damn, Lex Luger's still alive. Dude, he's like the incredible shrinking man too. If you ever see a picture of Lex mm-hmm. Luger like now, because he got off the gas and he just like Tinyified. He's just like well, this, shriveled he got off because the motherfucker got like cancer, and the minute he stopped, <laughs> it was cancer or something really serious. And the minute he got off that gear, dude, he shrunk so fast. Oh yeah, it was wild. Yeah, he's like know. confined to. A, I think he's a he's confined to like a wheelchair now and everything. And because I know like after he accidentally sort of caused the death of Miss Elizabeth, like he like went hit the wall fucking hard. And anyway. R.I.P. to her. She's been dead 20 years. I was about to say, that was 20 years ago this year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Speaking of uh, anniversaries, today I believe is the 26th anniversary of the Hulk Hogan, We Coming For You promo. I'll go ahead and play it then to celebrate that promo. Yeah, no. uh, (laughs) (laughs) There are a few words we won't say on the channel. Uh, That's one of them. We're not saying that Booker T is. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, The lady that runs YouTube is... uh, Professional pro wrestlers, he says it, and and Sherry's like, "No, nah, no, nah, baby, we still on camera," and like gets him back in the game. Yeah. That's some professional level shit. Oh yeah, because as soon as he says it, them hands go up over his face because he's yeah, even said he's... like an interview. He's like, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, I'm about to get fired. Yep. And Sherry's like, "No, no, no, we still we still working. Get your head back in the game." And the pantheon Damn. of and then the pantheon of promos. Where do you rank rank it at, and why is it the greatest? Uh, because, uh, because I laugh every feel, time. It's the sound. And tell me there aren't moments in your life where you got to say, God damn it, Hulk Hogan, we coming for you. You know, that, that gets a motherfucker jacked. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and apparently it was feeling a little too much. <laughs> it's one of the most realistic promos out there because you could legitimately see Booker T getting that worked up and saying those exact yeah. words. <laughs> listen, listen, he would go Which... on and whoop his ass too. So we ain't surprised. 
Right. And then honestly, the, the, the story that people don't really talk about is the problems that that promo actually caused, because when he called Hulk, Hulk Hogan that he thought that he now inherited that card. And that's why he was saying it on that phone call. Oh, <laughs> that puts a lot of Dang. things into perspective for me. He's like, Booker T called me that. I got to pass now. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> I'm just getting him back for 1997, guys. Uh, brother, that's, that's not, not how that works. That's, that's, that's not how that works, uh, Hogan. That's, sorry, buddy. No, just because you listen to rap, never mind. Uh, speaking <laughs> of rappers, uh, we were talking about it off air. Coolio, obviously, you know, Coolio passed away many months ago, but it was revealed today that his the cause of death was a fentanyl overdose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, were you guys a Coolio fan? Oh yeah, man. I yep. mean, you couldn't ex- you couldn't be in I'm middle school, mid nineties without being a Coolio. Oh shit, dude. Yeah, Dangerous Minds. Yep. Yep. Remember that shit? That shit came out. Everybody was fucking singing Gangster's Paradise. Oh, yeah. It's a great oh, song. We were listening to um, his version of, uh, he must say Voyage to Atlantis. That's the island. Fantastic Voyage. Yeah, yeah, Fantastic Voyage, man. Like, we were listening to that during WrestleMania, man. Like, that's just fucking Coolio was just a cool cat. Cool cat. I think the best music we listened to during WrestleMania was the Rickroll that we <laughs> would do to people as we drove around. God. Also, also, he did the Keenan and Kel intro. He did. Oh yeah. Yep. He did the Keenan and Kel intro. Yo, speaking of Keenan and Kel, did you see they're making another Good Burger? Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, okay. Well, here's the thing. When the first one came out, and I was a kid, and I watched, it, I was like, oh, this is a fun movie. It's whatever. I can't watch it now because I think it's like it's too dumb. And like, it, it seems like Netflix has had it ever since Netflix started. It's always been on their platform. It's fucking weird. But, I'm very like, happy about that. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things where it's like you're making like it's it's odd they're waiting this long to make to make a part two. You know, it's like, hey, what are you gonna do? Make make everything make talk about vegan burgers and dumb shit like that. Like, what are you gonna do? Honestly, based on some of this other shit, these revivals, I think the Keenan and Kel shit will work. Kind of like how Beavis and Butthead works. Kind of like how Bill and Ted work. It's not about duos. I think there's just this weird window of the 90s that the people that actually would want to make it kind of get it, and the actors give a shit. Because it's like, this is our legacy, and this is all we got. So if like Keenan and Kel come back and just shit all over Good Burger, they're going to piss off like people like us. Because then they're not going to be able to, you know, Kel Mitchell does conventions or stuff like that. People have good feelings towards Good Burger. I think the only reason it's going to move forward is because they're actually going to try. And if they ruin it, I mean, I hope, fine. I hope, but... I, hope, I, hope they, I hope they actually try. I hope it's actually good. I hope it's a compliment to the first one. Um, Is that going to be hard to do? I love the first one, but it, it's not like a piece of art. No, it isn't, and yeah, that's the problem. Is like it was like it's one of those. I think it's re- really one of those things where I mean, have you watched it recently? Do you watch it recently or watch it often at all or anything? Yeah, I watch it. I've watched it like last year, and then I watch it probably once every other year. I do like Good Burger quite a bit. Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, anyways, I think it was like one of those things when I was a kid. I watched it, and I watched it, you know, a lot then. But now it's like I watched it as an adult, and I was like. This wasn't that good. It was fine. I mean, it was a, it was you know part of my childhood and things like that. It's it's good. It's all right, but like, it doesn't mean anything anymore. And um, I mean, I hope that they do a good job with it. I hope they're passionate about it. I hope they make something um, you know, that all we we all like about it. But we'll see. You know, I hope they. Will you at uh, least? Will you at what? least agree that Good Burger is better than the Mario movie? <laughs> well, you mean the the one from the nineties? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'll agree about that. I will 100% agree about that. 
right, cool. Even even okay, even Double Dragons better than the Mar- Mario movie from the nineties. Oh, dude, I forgot about the Double Dragon movie with Robert fucking uh, what's <laughs> yeah, his name Patrick. from Terminator. Patrick, I almost called him Robert Plant this, and then Robert with Blake. This fucking bl- with this fucking blonde hair and his dark beard, like. <laughs> Hold on a second, role. guys. Uh, all hands on deck. We got oh, the button. Boy. It's time to do some math. You know, they say all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at small Joe, and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try. So, Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance, and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning if we used to go one-on-one and then add 66 and two-thirds percents, I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice. See, Joe, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah, daddy. Side note, Jeff. Um, yeah. I, I, I told you about OSW and their new story arc about the main event mafia. I believe Sacrifice is on the list of shows that they will be doing over the coming year. Thank God. And you know what we're going to do is we're going to give people a little context. Once they put out the video on Sacrifice, we'll let everyone know what this actually means in a nice, concise way. Right. <laughs> now, a perfect name from a wrestling super chat, just Joe 47 says, fuck, Mary kill WrestleMania edition, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley, Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre versus Gunther and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos. Also, what do you oh, think about AEW running all at Wednesday or all, sorry, all in at Wembley stadium? All right, let's talk about this. So Dion, since you went to WrestleMania, would you please do your fuck, Mary kill of these matches first. So Charlotte versus Ripley, the triple threat IC match or the tag title match. Shit. Oh, that's a good one, bitch. Um, okay. I'm going to marry Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos. Um, cause that shit was just great. The great to see live. Great. It was the right main event for night one. Just great. So I'm gonna marry that. Then it becomes the last remaining. Now, don't get me wrong. I fucking... They were both good matches. And Rhea and Charlotte was way better than I thought I was going to be. And the Intercontinental title, that triple threat, was was a very fun, very good match. I mean, it's definitely one of the better matches that Drew McIntyre's ever had. But I got a gun in the back of my head. I'm fucking Rhea and Charlotte, and I am killing... Intercontinental match just on process of elimination. Kendo? So I'm going to marry the Intercontinental match, which is hard for me to say because I'm not big on Drew or Sheamus, but I love Gunther. And the reason why I enjoyed that match so much is one, it was like the best match on the card for night two, which was a massive disappointment. We'll get to that later. Um, But it was three big dudes just laying their shit in and just beating the hell out of each other. It was believable. It looked real. 
it was a great fucking time to watch that match. And the correct outcome was there with Gunther retaining. I agree. I want to see my pro. So I love Owen, Owens and Zane. And I do enjoy the Usos. I think they're one of the better tag teams out there. They're probably better than the Young Bucks. Um, so cry marks. And that match was just a little too cartoony there for the end. It was the correct answer. It was the correct ending. That's the, the, the ending should have been those two winning it. But they got way too many fucking super kicks and stunts in there towards the end and just kind of took me out of it, even though I was still invested. So I'm going to kill that match, and I'm going to fuck Charlotte and Rhea because – they were laying their shit in and it looked good and it was a fun ride and the correct outcome happened. That's one thing about all three of these, the correct outcome happened. I can't say that for the rest of the card, especially night two, but that was the correct outcomes for all those matches. But that intercontinental match, man, that was just, not, it was unexpected. I expected the other two matches to be really good. I did not expect that one to be nearly as good. And it was fucking incredible. Uh, to answer this part of the question, I will Kill. This is hard because they're all good in different ways. Um, yes. I'm with you on the overbooking of the main event of night one, but I really enjoyed the outcome. And I can't believe we went from Sami Zayn going from a joke throwaway match at last year's WrestleMania to literally main eventing night one and coming off, you know, looking good. Same with Kevin Owens. That dude main evented Stone Cold or main evented last year was Stone Cold and now is doing this. And those are two guys that I respect more than I ever thought I would. Like, let me rephrase that. I've always respected them, the, the, the journeyman type of wrestler. But I, and I have liked them enough, but I was never really, like, a fan of theirs until recently. This match was really good. I don't have any emotional connection to the triple threat match, but objectively, it's a great match. And then the women's match was a damn fine match, and I have no complaints. So, I'm gonna fuck the... <sighs> I'm going to fuck the, I'm going to marry the tag match because of the story. I'll fuck Rhea Ripley and Charlotte because of the performance. And then I only because of elimination does a triple threat match get thrown away. I don't have any, I loved Sheamus at one point in his career, but he's just kind of there and I'm happy that he's there, but I don't get excited for Sheamus. Kind of like I didn't get excited for a guy like Chris Benoit, and I'm not trying to make a comparison, but they're just two wrestlers that were deep on the card that a lot of people loved and respected. And I just was like, yeah, you're fine. I get the hype, but you're not my favorite. So that's kind of how I process that. Now, I don't know about all in going to Wembley Stadium, but wrestling and England go hand in hand. So I'm happy for those in the UK that get a good show. Uh, any opinion on this you guys have? Yeah, no, that's great, man. You know, Wembley Stadium is... is... Just a great place to put on a show. I mean, that's one of the things on my bucket list, not just as a sports fan, but just as a fan of living on planet Earth, man. Like, it's I want to see a crazy show. And, you know, hey, we'll see if they've got what it takes to to get that place rocking because, you know, if you're not serious about what you're doing, don't take your ass to Wembley. But that being said, yeah, man, I think that's great. And if any fan base fucking deserves it, it's English wrestling fans. You know, those bastards are loyal as hell. You know, they're cheeky as hell. They can take a joke. They can take a bit. And they sure as hell can take a good match. So if there's any group out there that deserves it, it's the English fans. So uh, they just, you just, that is not where you go to fuck up. So I'm excited, mm -hmm. if anything, to see the drama and to see if it pays off. Uh, because well, if they're, if I'm a wrestling company, 
one the last place. I'm, I'm probably the last place. Is you do you do a show at Re- Wembley? It better be fucking good because those English fans don't fuck around and they will let you know. Well, it's not just the English fans either. They're going to be getting people from all over Europe that's going to be going to that. So that's the one thing. Right. That, right, right. The, the advantage they got here, they're probably about to get their biggest attendance number ever because Wembley, I think, holds something like 80,000. And, you, you know, you put the ring in the middle of the pitch and then seat the rest of it up, you could probably get to a hundo. So they're going to have England people there, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, Ireland, you know, Germany. And, and they're all coming. So they'll be able to sell that some bitch out and pop a huge number on there. Um, my only qualm is that Tony Khan and his announcements every week shtick. It's like you don't have to say I have a huge announcement to break on Dynamite this week just to pop a rating. Stuff like this, it's it's starting to get to the point where like now because it used to be Tony Khan's got a huge announcement. Oh, okay, I want to see what it is. Okay, so fucking you're you're starting a new backstage you know TV show, big fucking deal. So just put that out on Twitter. You know, have have one of the dirt sheets or uh, or like an ESPN break the news. Do that. You know. Whatever. One of the, although it did spawn a really great meme about the fact that uh, his dad is like broke, busting into the room, going, "What are you talking about? Going to Wembley for a stadium show? We have a stadium." And there's a picture of Craven Cottage where Fulham plays because they own that team, but it only holds like twenty three thousand people. So you <laughs> big attendance difference. God, when is all in? Is that in the summer or in the, the fall? Yeah, June. It's in June. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll have a review or something of it. We did for the last AEW show as well. Um, good for them. I, I wish them always the best, even when they do stupid booking decisions. I always hope it works out for them because the WWE needs an alternative, especially with the UFC, uh, you know, becoming a parent company, especially with Vince being back in charge. Oh, dude. Yep. If you watched WrestleMania, folks, you could tell the difference between night one and night two and who was in Gorilla calling the shots. And we said on this fucking show, that old man will never go down Mm -mm. on his own accord. Which, you know, not to get into the wrestling segment already, um, Triple H has got a big announcement to make on SmackDown tomorrow, so... I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts he's going to announce his sabbatical from WWE. No, You think that's he, what it is? I think no, so I think because of the promo we cut yeah. Monday night. He cut that, we're never going in way, we're always going to be here type thing, blah, 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 blah. I think that was his, uh, that was Vince telling him, oh, you got a shot, pal. Go out there and tell him goodbye without telling him goodbye. Oh, and there's the, the, the dastardly one himself that's about to tie a woman to the fucking train tracks. Oh, dude, that meme made me laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one that gave inspiration to Mr. Pete to make that meme when he said something. I was like, yeah, he looks like the type of guy from a fucking Western villain that was going to tie somebody to the railroad. And then that meme came back like an hour later. He's like, dude, how, what does it look like? I'm like, that is fucking incredible. Way to go, Pete. Yeah, folks, check out Etepakuyan's Place to Be Reviews. Pete has some of the best memes and all the best jokes on the internet. So, um, the, yeah. The, the best part about this is Vince McMahon left last summer over allegations of being a massive sex pest. And in order to rehab his image, he came back looking like a massive sex pest. He looks, um, did you guys watch Borat too? Yep. Uh, no. Do you remember when Rudy Giuliani 
was getting interviewed. Was it was it on that one where his hair dye started to leak? No. Or was that, that just on TV? That was on TV. The the Borat two was where she's pretending to give him an interview and he's like tucking in his shirt and shit. Okay, because all I'm saying is and like Borat I was mixing the two. But could you just imagine Vince McMahon on live TV and his hair dye starts to leak onto his face? Yeah, dude. <laughs> like all that shit. He's fucking crazy. That motherfucker is a a show villain from show from Showtime. Like he's dude, just. It, it's like the Bischoff thing. Like he had black hair, and then he stopped having black hair, and he had his natural gray hair, and then he went back to trying to dye it. It's like, nah, dude, that horse is out of the barn. We know. Yeah, bro. We we know like, we know what you're doing. Yeah. It worked on me with he's Bischoff because I never watched WCW as a kid. Yeah, yep. well, I did. So the time I saw him gray, I'm like, oh, he must have been dying his hair, or he got really old really fast. And the next time you see him, he's got his hair like jet black. It's like, oh, I know what you're up to there, bud. Did you see he's uh, getting an action figure? They announced it this weekend at WrestleMania, like another one. He's got the the smile and the fingers to point to his cheeks and everything. So I might have to pick up NWO Eric Bischoff to go with my collection of Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Those are the only NWO figures I own. Yeah, fucking Vince. We well, since he too, keeps too much of a good thing, we it was great, and then now he's back. Damn. Well, let's talk about that since it keeps coming up organically. So this Monday, this past Monday, the WWE announced that it was acquired by Endeavor, and the joint company that they have now formed will be valued at twenty-two billion dollars with. $9 billion of that value coming from the WWE. So Vince McMahon with a million dollar investment from his... Sorry, that's the wrong rich person. He didn't have a small loan of a million dollars from his daddy. He paid his dad a million dollars to buy his company, and then he turned it into that. So there is that level of like, wow, Vince McMahon definitely elevated the wrestling industry and did a lot of stuff. But he's also responsible for all the shitty parts and killed it just as much as he's grown it. And now... It's basically been bought by their competition. So we'll start at the beginning. Kenda, what was your initial thought or reaction when you saw the headline on Monday? Or Dion, what did you think when you saw the initial headline? <laughs> My, it was just wow. <clears throat> you know, it was just wow. I, you know, that's one of those things that changed the game. You know, I, you know, and of course, it's very funny that it involves Vince McMahon, who you know he killed territorial wrestling overnight with wrestlemania uh and then to you know and especially as a fan of both you know a big fan of both obviously more of ufc more of mma uh and ufc than of pro wrestling these last few years to see two entities that have been linked forever but kind of competing but also not to see them owned by the same company yeah, I mean, that's fucking crazy. And and then you, you know, because sports fans, and even people who are just wrestling fans, you know, we're all shocked. But the, to know the depth of of what this means, you know, to, to be a fan of both, like, damn, dude. Like, this dude sold his shares just to stay in charge. And he went to a company that owns the UFC who's their president is a crazy motherfucker. So, you know, for those of us that were hoping that the, that there was a new day, you know, well, Biggie's right? injured. So, you know, there was no new day. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's, uh, 
you know. Welcome back to the punch, kid. LOL, Vince wins. He always wins. Kendo, are you back? No. So, Nick, you heard this news, right? Uh, even yeah. though you're not as big into wrestling, what did you think of this? Um, I was surprised that I went to uh, to that company that you know that also owned uh, UFC. But uh, I mean, I was oh, I mean, I shouldn't say surprised, but like that's where that's where it went because I heard the Saudis wanted it and um, some other people wanted it as well. But what you guys said at the beginning of the of the show is like you know oh he went with the he went with the company that would let him still be um, the one you know the the head guy and that makes more sense than anything because you know as we've learned over the years he's um, he's a crazy fuck but he still wants to be in control so it only makes sense that uh, they would go, that that's the deal they would make but what does this mean for Peacock like is it going to leave Peacock and go onto the other onto the other network or or what that. No one knows yet. It's too early. Right. But okay. Right. There is rumors because the way that UFC operates, there's rumors that they'll start to charge for their pay-per-views, which will effectively kill the business model that Vince built about a decade ago with the streaming service, which I'm not here to be a mark for the WWE, but the WWE network before Peacock, it was a better value, but it's still a great value. It's 10 bucks a month and it's their archive of content. And that's the only thing that the WWF really has. As shitty as wrestling is today, it was great years ago, and the fact that they know it was great years ago and they keep packaging old wrestling constantly to you is the real value. If they come up with a model where you have to separate the streaming from the pay-per-view events, you're going to fucking ruin your model because wrestling fans are not rich. Vince McMahon was smart because look where WrestleMania falls on the calendar. Tax season. He knew what he was doing 40 years ago that wrestling fans are from a certain demographic and how to maximize and grow your business is to cater to that demographic. And so Vince understood that. But now as everything else is getting pricier, UFC is a a higher tier sport as well. When you see it on TV in Vegas, you see the celebrities, you see the money on UFC programming. Wrestling's for families. Wrestling is a different economic scale. And if you try to charge wrestling product at UFC prices, you're fucking done. Because right now, it works. Wrestling is 10 bucks a month. The, the, the action figures are good. They're cheaper than Star Wars toys. The games are comparably priced, priced, but they're all pretty solid. Wrestling has finally hit a really good medium. I guess it was to appeal to the UFC or be ready for the sale. But prior to this purchase, I'd say the last six months of wrestling since Vince has been gone has been better than it's been in the last, like, 15 years and i'm not saying every match is greater this and that but it's like everything was kind of moving in that direction to a new era and we brought this up a bunch on the weekend dion this was one of the first wrestlemanias that had very little big outside old school guys coming back last year's wrestlemania was sold on stone cold this year was sold on the modern day roster and that was exciting especially on night one for the first time in like 20 something years i'm like wow Holy shit, this WrestleMania did not need a legend. This WrestleMania didn't yeah. need that. It just needed to be fucking booked right. And or, so... Yeah. And, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, no, I was just saying, so that's why I think if the WWE tries to cash in and be like a UFC light, they're going to basically sign their own demise because wrestling fans aren't in for that shit. Well, there's also the difference in that, and Dion will agree with this, UFC is a legitimate sport that's not scripted. Yeah, there's the promos and all that other bullshit and everything like that. That's the showy part of it. But going into a fight, you can say this guy's probably going to win because he's got the advantage, but you don't know because it just takes one punch you know, out of nowhere, for lack of a better term, to turn a fight around. 
And that's the shit that makes it really exciting. Whereas with WWE going into it, you kind of have an idea of where the matches are going to end and how they should end. It's like the Sammy, you know, KO thing. We all were almost 100% sure that that's how that match was going to end. We were also 100% sure Cody Rhodes was going to win the titles too. And bro, it was a swerve, bro. But like with UFC, <laughs> you buy you're you're buying the paper you're buying the pay per view because there's a marquee match on the card that you want to see and anything could happen. Or you're buying the pay per view because you want to see like you're buying it because for like instance when Ronda was fighting because you want to see her get her ass kicked. Like I don't I'm not going to buy a wrestling pay per view because I want to see Roman Reigns lose. Like that's the big difference right there. It's like yeah. people bought you know Floyd. Uh, Mayweather fights because they wanted to see him lose. He never did, but they wanted to see him lose. I'd buy a pay-per-view now to see Floyd Mayweather read a book. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, that's also the big difference. You're not going to be able to command UFC pay-per-view prices for WWE events because, one, yeah, like you said, the, the wrestling fan does not have that money to shell out each month unless they're all – got a bunch of them together going in and who wants to be in that room. And, two, there's – you, you don't have the unpredictability there of the like the legit combat sports aspect of it. Yeah. Um, okay. So wait, what 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 platform is UFC on? Yeah. So ESPN Plus, on isn't ESPN it? Plus. Yeah. And then they have their own streaming service, UFC Fight Pass. Okay, but you, you said it was on like something called Endeavor or something like that. Endeavor owns it. So, okay, so Endeavor, Endeavor is the company that owns the UFC. Okay. Yeah. All right, so then what do you think they're going to do a package deal where you get UFC and WWE at the same for the like a price for, you know, per month or something and it's going to include um the uh the pay-per-views? No. Probably I, not. I, 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 no. Yes and no. I you know, again, this is so early. You know, who knows who knows what they're going to do in terms of stream. I, you know, I think they're going to look at everything. Yeah. Um, the other side of that is what the UFC is doing works. Okay. So you have um, to remember that. Yeah. The UFC, whatever the UFC is doing, works. Now, obviously, the fan base is a you know is not the exact same. You guys touch on that beautifully, but you know the UFC right now, their major partner is with ESPN. So ESPN Plus has the lower level events. Yeah, the undercards. Yes, yep. ESPN Plus streams their essentially their reality show, The Ultimate Fighter. ESPN Plus streams their semi off season undercards, Dana White's Contender Series. And then ESPN does all, ESPN Plus has all of the 30 for 30 related okay. MMA documentaries. Now, everything else, their back library, their originals their uh, original separate documentaries and and then regional MMA events are all on Fight Pass. Okay. So, so it's two different two different things you have to two buy. Different streaming services. Okay. One is strictly UFC, one is part of the ESPN umbrella. Eventually the thing pay-per-views eventually get to Fight Pass after a certain amount of time, but you can immediately watch them on ESPN Plus. Okay. Yeah, to get Nick so, to give you an idea, Dion loves the UFC. He's hardcore on the UFC. He's got the fight. Oh, you know, pass. yeah, 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 yeah. I am a casual UFC person that will watch it, but I'm not going to buy the pay per views. I have the ESPN Plus, so I'm the casual fan that they're trying to, you know, bait into getting into the pay per view right. market and buy into it. And right. 
I haven't done it, but I'll watch the undercard shit when it's on ESPN Plus if there's nothing else. Whereas, so they've got two models that are built for two specific fan bases, Dion yep. and me. Okay, and that's yeah. why it works. That's from so well. yeah. That's from that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is like uh, okay, and yeah, because like once again, I don't know, I don't know UFC, I don't know how this, I don't know how these platforms work. Two guys um, get into a cage and beat the shit out of each other. That's pretty. much Oh no, no, and and and, and trust glorious. me, when I, whenever I've watched UFC with Dion, I fucking love it. I'm down for it. Like I would love to go to a fucking fight one day and just watch that shit. It's oh, we awesome. will, for sure. For sure. Oh no, no, hundred percent. It's 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 cool shit. I fucking love it. Um. What is okay? What's the price for ESPN Plus? What's the price for um, the other one? Uh, ESPN Plus right now is eleven ninety nine a month because it went up, but you can also do the Hulu Disney Plus ESPN Plus bundle oh, for twelve ninety nine, okay. which is totally worth it because of the Hulu. And then you can also kick it up to I think eighteen ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine a month to get all three of those without any ads, which is what I have because if I'm watching Hulu, I don't want to watch ads. That's the ESPN. only reason I keep Hulu. Yeah, <laughs> ESPN Plus, unfortunately, you have to watch ads because you're watching live sporting events and they have commercial breaks. And it's not yeah. really ads. It's just the fucking ESPN Plus bumper for like two minutes. Gotcha. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the, yeah. And how much how much are the UFC pay-per-views usually? Like how much do they cost? They went to $80. $80? Yeah. Yep. God. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't, they're going to have to figure out that fucking model, man. Holy well, shit. And to that point, and to that point, right? So this is another reason why this is fucking crazy. Historically speaking, Dana White has been in a frenzied baddie, battle against online streaming. So to Jeff's point earlier, he's half right. Hardcore MMA fans, we've been streaming this shit since since 2009. Right. And that's always been a thing. So many pay-per-views for the UFC do not do as expected. You know, the UFC had Ronda, Conor McGregor. Earlier in the years, they had George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva. Breaking a million for them, as it is with WWE, is a big deal. But you'll have big cards that sell 300,000 pay-per-views or 400,000 pay-per-views or 500,000 pay-per-views. So the UFC is in a lot of ways seeing a very similar issue that the WWE is seeing. So, you know, there, there's, there's evidence on both sides. The WWE could very much stay the same and as bad as it was under Vince or Endeavor could be looking to turn shit around. So it's, you know, the flip of the coin, you know, it's very fucking possible here. And at the same time, you know, Dana White, to, the, to my point about them dealing with streamers, you know, this motherfucker doesn't know how the internet works. <laughs> so, you know, they raised the prices a lot. The belief is that was a big thing from ESPN is if they were going to get the broadcasting rights, you had they had to raise the, yeah, the, the numbers for pay-per-views, yeah. you know, and they struggle with, they've had multiple cars that are great cars for the MMA, not just UFC, but for the sport of MMA that don't sell well. So for the for the WWE, the whole peacock thing, you know, it's 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 who knows what the fuck they're gonna do. But if they go and do the UFC route to Jeff's point, you know, you could have those same pay-per-view struggles the UFC is already seeing. Oh dude. Yeah, because I mean you I remember see that work. Because I remember paper, I remember buying pay-per-views on cable as a kid back in the day and they were like what, 50, 50 60 bucks. 
Yeah, WrestleMania was sixty dollars, yeah, like over twenty bucks. years yep. ago. Yep, yep, I remember that. I remember that because um, what me and my cousins would do is that we would we would uh, we would do half and half each year. We'd get one, they get one, and we would record it and then send them the tape. That's how it would be. Um, that's how we that's how it would get done. And um, yeah, because it was it was expensive, and then you know streaming happened. But yeah, man, that's interesting. That's interesting business model to to look at because. Like you said, they can't they can't go up that high, and if they're if they're having problems like what the UFC is, it's like it's I don't know, man. It's it's uh, what you said. It's it's all brand new. It's all up in the air. But it's going to be interesting to see how this um, how this deal pans out, how they treat the um, their customers and the fans and everything like that. Because I know ESPN's been bleeding money for like damn near a decade. ESPN cannot be pro- ESPN has not been profitable for for a bit now. Uh, just people, be, be, I think it's because people just don't want to pay for it or something. Like there's something wrong that they're doing. And they just, yeah, they're just not making money off of it. Well, the thing I hate about ESPN is that is lumped into your cable package. There's that graph that shows you how much of your cable is actually, you know, ESPN fees, even if you don't want it. Now, this is, you know, it is what it is there. But as the wrestling fan, because you brought up how earlier, how Dion is the diehard UFC guy and Kendo is the casual UFC guy. But I put myself in the WWE category of oh, I'm the fan that wants everything, but I'm also open to UFC, but I'm not open to wrestling charging more because I've been a fan for such a long time, the economics of it, I'm just not willing. It's like they don't offer good enough wrestling for me to pay any more money. If they mm. were as good as the Attitude Era, they had, fine, I'll put it like this, if The Rock came back to wrestling, I'm mean, like, The Rock is only going to wrestle on wwe pay-per-view and the only way you get to see him is to buy the shows okay maybe you'll convince me to test one out but you're not going to get me to commit to blindly go back to buying pay-per-views after 15 years of shit shows and nine years of a network where i pay 10 bucks a month and everyone has access to it you know peacock was the first degradation of the wwe network model and it's not as good as it used to be it's almost pretty damn good but it's not uh, the way they altered the product, the way they've altered the streaming, they put commercial breaks in everything, they've altered the master footage. It's it's stupid. But, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward, I will be watching this pretty closely because I'm excited to see what happens. But I don't really want... I basically... I expect next year WrestleMania to be astronomically more expensive, and I'm very disappointed, like, preemptively. Well, at least Endeavor's getting it, and you don't have to worry about going to WrestleMania in Riyadh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Jeff. If, if the tickets are if the tickets are ridiculously expensive, we'll meet up somewhere in the middle, and we'll just get a place and we'll watch it. All right. Yeah, we can Deal. do that. That's what we'll do. All right. Like, oh, hey, uh, Jeff. Uh, breaking news: WrestleMania 41 is going to be in Albuquerque. How crazy is that? Oh, dude, <laughs> Kirk. They just announced it. it. They're going to play it at Isotopes Park. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well get go ahead and book those airfare tickets now. I know if Shit, man, we stay I at the plaza, well, we can go, you stay know, have <laughs> I want to stay at the Drake only Hotel. I, only if I get a pizza and a limo. <laughs> what is he? What are you, a 1994 bank robber? Yeah. The funny remember thing that is, was every all the money we wouldn't spend on the new WrestleMania prices. You could afford the pizza. And the limo. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. They charged thirteen dollars for a commemorative Pepsi. Jesus. Oh my god! I thought the prices in New Orleans were high when Nick and I went and got food. I I got like the sauce. I like the fucking big smoke sausage thing and a soda, and it was like fifteen bucks. And I was like, "Damn, okay." Yeah, 
I paid $13 for an order of fries. Ooh. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, hold on, though. I'm not throwing money away. They were pastrami cheese fries. And Dion, did I not say like four times during the night how good those cheese fries were? Yeah, okay. You're, you can't, what kind of – was it like melted like regular yellow cheese or was it like some it was Swiss like a, or something? It was a good queso, like a oh, thick okay. cheese sauce and like a lot of pastrami and good French fries. So I wish it would have been – half the price but it was good food like i mean I it doesn't sound terrible yeah okay that that's different so you got that that's okay still expensive but still that's not too bad <laughs> oh you want to hear a funny story about wrestlemania because folks we're going to start well, talking about our reviews um we go to wrestlemania night one and it's 80 dollars to park Jesus and I'm, Christ. yeah i'm blown away by the price but oh we go for night two and the price goes up <laughs> to what the, to $85 but here's okay. the best part I say to the guy $85 this shit was 80 last night he goes fine 60 and I go all right everybody give me 20 bucks real quick and we give oh. this guy $60 you're gonna heckle with him the night before too I didn't think I didn't heckle with him all I said is $85 that went up by $5 and his response all right 60 because what happened was we all we gave him cash. It was a cashless WrestleMania. But he's like, if you got sixty dollars cash, I'll let you in. He gives us a voided parking ticket, and we drive into WrestleMania and basically park illegally. I just hooked us up, dude. Next time I go to a sporting event, I'm gonna try that. They're like twenty dollars park. They're like, how about if I give you ten bucks cash? Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny shit. It was inc- it was look. It was a great deal. Um, it was a ripoff, but. It is what it is. <laughs> you think? <laughs> well, you know, oh. they, they got, that's a very, very expensive, fancy new stadium, Jeff. They got to pay Kroenke somehow, and Vince has to get yeah. his cut as well. Well, I mean, it's it, it's it's surrounded by people, you know, people cooking on um, on on Walmart uh, Walmart carts, you know. So, I mean, it's 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 just the best out there. It really is, yeah. dude. Uh, Dion, didn't you buy one of those expensive ass hot dogs or think about it or something? I did, man. It was ten dollars. It was wrapped in bacon, and at the time inebriated it was worth it yeah, oh, I see that. i'm two beers deep on this podcast that sounds delicious right now yeah bacon i got bacon hot dog. i mean that's that's a, that's a winner every time i got bacon and i got hot dogs i just don't have any buns well fuck it i'm not going out to the store do it uh what did, what do they call it the, the atkins way you know no no glutens and, and carbs so what you're telling me is I need to make a bacon bun and put my bacon wrapped hot dog in a bacon? No, bun? no, 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 no. Bacon wrap a hot dog and put it inside of another hot dog. There you go. There's your bun. Yeah, there you go. Split it down the middle, and I mean you can figure this out, Jeff. Yeah, you're man. a smart guy. This ain't rocket surgery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I dropped out of rocket medical school. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. It was too it competitive. Happens. It really happens. To the best of us, honestly. Dion you used to be a rocket scientist surgeon. Uh, you quit the job years ago. It just wasn't for you, right? Exactly. That's exactly how it happened. It's just, it's too much pressure. It's not enough pay. Uh, not enough rockets explode. So, <laughs> well, now that, now, that, now that Musk is sending up like 40 a month and they're, and they're coming back fine. So, yeah. Oh, did you hear about um, Dogecoin, how it went up today because he changed the Twitter logo to that yeah. fucking Shiba Inu dog? <laughs> Yeah, yep. I know. I still. So I'm glad I, I bought a bunch of Dogecoin the other day. Yeah, I, 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 I still have my original amount that I bought like two years ago. Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah. And Is people, it up to and, a dollar and, yet? And, and, oh, no. <laughs> no. Dude, the closest that ever came was when they were all sex nuts about the fact that he was going to be on Saturday Night Live, and they made two jokes that pretty much fucking killed all that momentum. 
and that was yeah, that was the end of the world right there. It hit, that was it hit done. Like, it, it hit like what forty cents or something, or it was up to like eighty cents at one point, cents, or yeah, 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 something like that. It, it, and it might have, I might be wrong, but it was it was fucking flying, well, and yeah, because he was going to be on there promoting Dogecoin, and then his mom came out and made a fucking joke about Dogecoin, and that was. You, I literally watched the market crash. I, I looked like the crying meme at that point because I'm just like looking at this. I'm like, not only did I stay up to watch Saturday Night Live, now I'm watching my crypto wallet that I thought would help me possibly retire to now just and then not even to mention all the other damages crypto has taken over the last two years. That's true. That's true. Oh, well. Yeah. Superman just ain't what he used to be. I don't know why I don't I don't know why world governments are so angry about a, a currency that they don't have any control over. Don't I'm not sure why. Color me surprised here. I mean, from from what I hear, they're they're making their own. And it's going to be you know we're we're going to that soon. So it's going to be huge. Yeah. When do you think WWE is going to have their own cryptocurrency? Dude, I would. I'm so I'm honestly surprised they haven't done that and they haven't got NFTs yet. In all honesty, I'm, really I'm surprised they haven't that. actually minted actual WWE coins with Vince's face on them. That's true. That's true. Such good shit, pal. Yeah. Get but no, it's, it's, it's got to say, say, say that. Yeah, it's got to say that in the front. It's got to say chocolate titties in the back. <laughs> Dude, I would buy. We should make a t shirt until it gets taken down. It'll be Vince McMahon's face with a mustache and a dollar bill, and I'll just say chocolate titties. I'd wear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I couldn't wear that in Atlanta. I'd get. I'd get oh, slow. you know how you don't get it taken down? You put Lizzo on the back because then it'll be conflicted. <laughs> They'd be like, on the one hand, we don't want them to have this shirt. On the other hand, they're promoting Lizzo, and she's the flavor of the month. So we're conf- we don't know what to do here. I have limits. <laughs> I have standards. There's a line I won't cross. That's one of them. I don't even look at. I don't even know enough about Lizzo to make fun of her. That's Lizzo's, how little Lizzo, I know. Lizzo wouldn't be a line. She'd be, she'd be a very big speed bump. Jesus. There you go. <laughs> I just want to make it clear that Nick's the one saying all these things about Lizzo before the Twitter people come after me. <laughs> oh God! There was there was one video I I watched. I think uh, what was it? It was it was it was somebody somebody saying that. Um, some someone was saying, "Oh, why are you making fun of Lizzo's weight when you when you watch like some three hundred pound linebacker on you know uh, every Sunday you know on football?" It's like there's a big difference between those two. Yeah, one's athletic and the other's not. Plus, your argument doesn't stand because there's no three hundred pound linebackers. Linebackers, you can't be three hundred pounds. You got to be able to move around real quick. Well, Fucking yeah, idiots! Like, you should have called that person a moron. It was it was some video circulating, you know. All of the place. I was like, I don't feel like getting into this. It's like whatever. You just by you saying this is you know is is detriment enough. It's fine. Whatever. All you gotta do is be like, look, Lizzo ain't gonna watch this. She ain't gonna fuck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that the argument uh, right there. Oh uh, God. Now, is she really as good as some people claim, or is she just kind of got the right look for the time and just kind of gets blown up in popularity? That's there's no, that, people. but I would say she actually as as a flautist, I believe is the term, is actually pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Like I said, I just have never known anything enough about her to even she talk just, shit. She's, she's just, just annoying. I mean, that's really her problem. She's just... <laughs> yes. She's just annoying. Is she, is she more annoying than Tyler Perry, Dion? Way more. Tyler Perry's an affront to the black culture. Lizzo is not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the truth. 
From what I, heard, what I can gather, Lizzo isn't actually going out of her way to try to get into all these situations that she keeps getting right. put into. Right. Right. I don't blame her. Tyler Perry is like, everything. look at me. Everybody pay attention to me. But you're not that good, dude. No. He's... No. <laughs> no. Um, this is an interesting episode. It should just be like titled WrestleMania and Medea's. Oh, wait. Hold on a second, Dion. Medea's WrestleMania? I was just about to say, remember how they used to do those WWE WrestleMania ca- cartoons with like the Flintstones and Scooby-Doo yep. and all that shit? Yep. <laughs> do do Medea's murder mystery at WrestleMania where it's like a cartoon <laughs> Medea and John Cena and a dog and they team up to fight, I don't know, some racist bank robbers or something. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh man, yeah, they've done they've done at least at least two Scooby Doo movies with with the wrestle with the wrestling characters for sure. I tried watching one of them and I turned it off after about eight minutes. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good. I'll I'll tell you that straight up right now. They're not good. I couldn't get through five minutes of it because I enjoy the art style, but like hearing Vince McMahon and John Cena and the Bella Twins and all these people voice wrestlers or cartoon characters, I'm like, nah, that's too much. That's not my era of wrestling. It's not 1986 all over, Vince. Fuck off, dude. I remember. I remember the cartoon with Hulk Hogan going to space. Oh boy. Oh yeah, Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling, brother. Yep. Yep. I remember that cartoon. It was. I remember watching it on repeat as a kid. (laughs) Those were halcyon days, boys. Yeah. On and on and on. Hey, uh, did any of you guys have the wrestler pillows as a kid? Yes. I did not. I know people that did though. My cousins had the WCW ones. It was slightly before my time. Like, my uncle tried to get me into wrestling in the early 90s, like 92. And I'll never forget, Christmas 92, he bought my cousin this Batman Returns doll. And I was like, oh, I want Batman. And I got Hulk Hogan. And back then as a kid, I was disappointed because I was like, Hulk Hogan or Batman? This is Michael Keaton Batman we're talking. But in hindsight, I'm glad I got the Hulk Hogan doll. But my God, 1992 WWF is shit. I know the Royal Rumble and Ric Flair, but like, it's hard to watch that year of wrestling. Like even the WrestleMania that year, while it has a really great match between Macho Man and uh, Ric Flair and that Shawn Michaels match is good. It's just a hard year of wrestling to get into. Now, uh, we've had the WrestleMania logo on screen for a hot minute. Uh, I believe somebody in the audience was asking was asking if they had missed the wrestling segment, and no, you have not missed the wrestling. No, it's kind segment. of been, it's kind of been sprinkled throughout this whole episode. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but we haven't talked about WrestleMania at all in terms of outcomes, opinions, this and that. So uh, before we start that, folks. Do us a favor. Besides hitting that thumbs up button, all of our wonderful members and mods in the chat have been dropping links all night. Uh, As you guys know, through the quartering video and other announcements, YouTube has been making some more restrictions uh, to make content creation even more difficult. Uh, Last year, we had to agree, maybe it was even earlier this year, we had to agree to a 5% uh, pay decrease. YouTube took another 5% of our money. So that's awesome. And as they keep doing more stuff, you're not even allowed to link externally to other sites. So what we're going to ask you to do is because they're not going to notice this part, go to shopwcbs.com, pick up a shirt. It helps support the channel. Check out Patreon. You get bonus content. The X-Men reviews over there. We'll give you some more uh, wrestling content, too, over there, as well as the membership program. But uh, we just wanted to say that stuff because we can't put the links in there. Yeah also, yeah, also follow us on Twitter and Instagram where we have those links in our bios where you can click and find all of our stuff. Yeah, folks, we are everywhere all the time, so make sure you check us out. Yeah, we're we're, we're like we're like American Express everywhere you want to be. Yeah, and none of the fees. 
That's true. So, WrestleMania 39 has happened over the weekend. WCBS was there again. Technically, World Class Bullshitters has been there since 22, WrestleMania 22. But uh, we weren't a channel back then. We were nine years away from existing. But, uh, as a channel, we have been to a bunch of WrestleManias. Dion, you and I have been going every year since this channel's inception. Uh, where would you rank, let's just say night one and night two are one event. Overall, where would you rank the event in terms of the WrestleManias you've attended? Um, I think overall it's still not top three. I mean, night two was a letdown, <clears throat> but night one was so good. And, you know, night two still had moments. You know, it's, it's you know, the entire experience, I'd, I'd easily say it's top three. Now, Kendo, you've been watching wrestling for a long time. Where yep. do you rank the whole, the entirety of WrestleMania 39 in terms of WrestleManias you've watched? Dion, I'm going to ask you this next. Oh, God. After the night one, it was looking like it was going to be top five. It was uh, good. And then night two happened. So, oh, middle of the pack, maybe, maybe the top 50%, but I could, without getting into like the details and the nut cutting to be able to figure out exactly where it would land, but. It had so much fucking potential. After the after the after the halfway point, it had so much potential. And even when night two started in the first match, it still had so much potential. God, that was such a missed opportunity. It was. Um so Dion, where would you rank it in terms of all the WrestleManias? Like 39 is that let's just say upper half, lower half for you. This one's upper half. Definitely upper half. Definitely upper half. Yeah, I didn't leave this WrestleMania dissatisfied. Look, look, we left night one. I was on a cloud. That was a great show. Whatever they oh, pulled off, however they pulled it off, they booked it perfectly. Everything went well. I mean, you had two long matches, and the longest match was the main event. I mean, the first match opener was uh, John Cena versus Austin Theory. That was a fun match. Uh, the right Street Profits was a fun match. Like. Folks, what I'm going to do is I'm going to list the night one matches. You can tell me what you think the best and the worst of the night were after I read the list. So, night one was Theory versus Cena. Uh, Street Profits versus Strowman and uh, Ricochet versus Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders. Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Trish Stratus lead and Becky Lynch versus Damage Control. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Pat McAfee versus The Miz. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus The Usos. So of night one, what would you rank as the best and the worst match of the night? Oh, we'll start with you, Kendo. I mean, are we going to call Pat McAfee versus The Miz an actual match, or just some kind of let you know let me up type situation between the women's title match and the tag match? I mean, that's fair. I was only strictly reading off of Wikipedia what they listed as the seventh match of WrestleMania. Okay, because I. I wouldn't actually call that a match. That that that's just me. Um, so with that that notwithstanding, I would say the worst match was probably the six women tag match because I wasn't all that invested into it, and it got a little spotty there for a while with the obvious cooperation of let's stand here and wait for somebody to fall on top of us type situation, and. Didn't really. I was. It was. I wasn't that invested into any of it. So probably that one. Although that fucking four-way tag match is a close second. Luckily, it didn't go very long. And then the best match of the first night, uh, probably Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. What about you, Dion? 
best and worst of each night? Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna go with Sammy and Kevin and the Usos. The best in night one, worst in night one. Yeah, that that Pat McAfee Miz match is just you know, just silly. Um, you know, night two worst is probably Shane versus Snoop, Snoop Dogg slash The Miz. Um, while hilarious, and I understand why it ended up being bad, it's just so funny. Um, and that you know, the, the big reveal was fucking Shane McMahon, and he couldn't <laughs> he, <laughs> a man couldn't do a leapfrog um and then the best of night two <sighs> gotta go with the triple threat yeah you know, I think that, that was that was definitely the best of night two it was a highlight for sure it's one of the reasons why night two didn't suck yeah that 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 for me is the best of night two the worst of night two because I don't count what happened with Snoop Dogg, The Miz, and Shane McMahon, although hilarious and ironic. I'm kind of torn. I thought the women's four-way tag match sucked, but I also wasn't – I didn't really like the fucking Hell in a Cell match either. Yeah. I, I was disappointed that's probably. That. I was going to say that's probably my worst of the mat, of the night, of night two, just because – there was no buildup to it. There was no heat going into it. There was just the drawn out story of the whole thing. And then they fucked it up when Finn got his head gashed open and they just ended up having to go to weird camera cuts to try to avoid showing any blood and in a hell in a cell match. Nonetheless, that's the fucky part. And then the, the booking of it was just terrible. It's like you've completely killed the whole demon gimmick because I thought it was dead after the last time he busted it out a couple of years ago. When he lost by falling off the top rope. So, oh yeah, you know when rain when they fed him to Reigns to help keep his title, get him you know his title run some more momentum. It's like no one bought that he would win. Oh, it's Demon Finn. Eh, I still don't buy he's gonna win, but this is gonna kind of take some of that shine off that demon. And he fucking face planted and died, and then this happens, and it's like that's one number one the wrong result to this fight. Edge doesn't need this. Give it to fucking Finn Balor. And two, I don't want to see the demon ever again because there's no point to it now. Now it's gone from having some kind of mystique to it and trying to suspend the disbelief to it's just Finn Balor and body paint sticking his tongue out and hissing at people. Yeah, that that was the low light of WrestleMania. Now, real quick, uh, for me, night one's highlight would probably be the main event and the low level or the low point for me would be if you don't count the Pat McAfee match, I'll go the, um, I guess the women's tag was pretty, the triple threat, or the three on three. And for night two, um, you know, fuck. I don't know. I'll figure that one out. But I, I was so, how do I want to phrase this with WrestleMania? This was just a WrestleMania that had so much going on, and it's hard to shit on it because none of it was like terribly bad. I've been through some two some terrible WrestleManias, like 32, uh, 27. I've been to some of the worst WrestleManias of the modern era, and this one really didn't do much to offend. But that Hell in a Cell match really, really sucked because I get it. He guy's injured. He's bleeding. You don't want to hurt a real person. 
there are better ways to handle that on television because we were paying attention to the Titantron and how stupid it looked on television. And like, you know, Edge was trying to do something. Edge was trying to get people to pay attention to him, but it just really took me out of the moment. I mean, Hell in a Cell is supposed to be that Hell in a Cell. The fact that you get stoppages in a Hell in a Cell kind of kill its, you know, legendary reputation. And so if you want to keep these guys safe, you know, all respect in the world, but maybe just don't do Hell in a Cell matches if you can't do Hell in a Cell matches. Yeah, if there's anything that we found out that they just they can't do them anymore for various reasons. One, they just fucking ran the gimmick into the ground with the pay-per-view. And two, just the last few Hell in a Cell matches, like you had a referee stoppage in one of them. It's like, dude, it's Hell in a Cell. The whole gimmick is that one of these people is probably going to be crippled or killed. And then... And now it's like, well, we can't show the blood. It's like, it's not like he, it's not like he did it on purpose. He fucking got it hard way on accident because of the ladder. And he went to try to catch it. It went through his hands and fucking smacked him in the face. And, you know, shit happens. But I don't know. I just I ain't doing it. It's, I don't get excited for Hell in a Cell matches anymore. So when I saw this one was a Hell in a Cell match, I'm just like, as long as Finn wins because that's the result that should occur, then I guess it's okay. And. Then it wasn't. So it's like, fuck, there's nothing redeemable about this. No, it was not WWE's finest moment. Their last two Hell in a Cell matches. Well, was there another one between before the Finn or the Fiend in uh, Seth Rollins? Has there been one since between? Yeah, Cody and Seth Rollins had the oh, yeah. Hell in a Cell last year yep. with Cody's fucking titty exploding. That was a good one. Yeah, so that was good. That was actually a good one, even if it was extremely silly the way they had to book it with Cody winning the one with the one arm. I mean, I get why they did it, but eh, it was just bad timing with the uh, busted, you know, man boob. It was. Um, I don't really want to see Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes moving forward. That Monday Night Raw was actually pretty shitty. And a lot of the complaints people have is from night one to night two, as you can tell what Vince McMahon booked versus what apparently Triple H booked. It was and, clear as fucking day. Yeah, I don't want more Vince McMahon wrestling. No one does. That's that's why there was so much hope and optimism after Vince put out his own, you know, time to retire, pal. And like I said, I'm fairly certain that most of us were skeptical what? that Vince he was McMahon really full of shit, whoever would have thought. Yeah, who would ever thought? Just look at that mustache. He's definitely dastardly and conniving and up to some kind of scheme. He's twisting it. Vince, stop twirling your mustache. Oh, I will never come to save you. Come on, pal. So, uh, the state of wrestling has definitely changed after WrestleMania. This year, more than, God, many other years. I'm ex- I'm interested to see where we are in a year. I'm interested to see we are where we are in six months. Um, do you think we're going to get more shows kind of like Saudi Mania in terms of, like, just big over-the-top matches or big over-the-top shows that have a bunch of people on them and not necessarily, you know, further the storylines. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Endeavor wants to get some of that investment back. How long until Goldberg fights Brock Lesnar again? Oh, God. I don't know. I say by money in the weeks. Bank. God, I, I, I never need to see that match again. Do you? Hell no. We need to see it the second time. We didn't need to see it the first first time it happened. It was not a dream match for me. No, and even then the fans were shitting all over it because the 
the fucking idiots at WWE put out the news ahead of time that Brock was leaving to go to the UFC and Goldberg's contract was up and he didn't sign a new one. So it's like both these guys are leaving. So what's the fucking point of watching this? Yeah, WrestleMania 2020s uh, had other shining moments. That was not one of them. No. That main event, though, whew, that's still one of their best matches ever. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember who was in it because I know Shawn Michaels and Triple H were in it, but I can never remember that other guy. That's Greatest like, champion of all time, vacant. I'm trying to think because, like, they always show the stills whenever they go through the WrestleMania, but they only show Shawn Michaels and Triple H in that match. I don't – they never show the finish or the, who holds the belt up at the end. I, the name escapes me. No, but all joking aside with that one, that one is just, like, of all the WrestleMania main events, there's something about that one that it's like a WrestleMania 20 is a long ass show. All the other matches are either pretty shitty to okay, but that one, man, it just, ooh, I love to watch that match. I, nothing, I'm not trying to be an edgelord about Benoit. Don't give a shit about that. It's just an awesomely booked match in the build yeah. and the hype and everything was the fucking correct fantastic. outcome. Yes. And, and the way Triple H lost the belt, too. Like, I, that's one thing people don't talk about when it t- comes to wrestling booking. It's not just that the right guy wins. It's how he wins. Because, yep. you know, if you book John Cena to win the title after DDT, you're getting DDT'd on cement and, you know, running through six guys on the Nexus, that's kind of dumb. But when you do it the right way, mm-hmm. it can be a good match. So Yeah, that's why I was a little, that's why I was a little squeamish there towards the end of main event of night two when Zayn and Owens came out and started pounding on Roman Reigns. I'm like, oh, come on. you Cody wins this. You can't – the baby face can't get help from his friends getting offense on the opponent. It doesn't look right. Get Chasing off the other heels to make make the odds even, yes. But, you know, doing some damage well, the, on the, the bad guy. Is they're no. going to set up a fatal right? So whenever they're going to have Roman lose the belt, my assumption is going to be a fatal four-way. And, and, you know, that's how he's going to lose both titles. You know, that's instead of making WrestleMania the moment, you know, you want to, they want to keep Roman the champ and they want to set up for something more. The, 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 you know, the issue for the WWE was the longest time that they couldn't do long story start, storytelling. Now they don't know the fucking payoff when they see the payoff. Yeah. You know, and the and payoff should have been Sunday story. night. Right. Because you know, when Cody story. wins it, the net, when Cody wins it or if he does win it, which remains to be seen. Because you know, pal is back in charge. Um, it's not going to have the same impact it would have had had he won at WrestleMania. He wins it at WrestleMania, the fucking babies go flying in the air. Everyone's ecstatic except for the total fucking bloodline, you know, Mark fans. Everyone, you know, that's the payoff right there. You have to have it go right there because now if he does it, it's not going to have the same cachet. It's not going to have the same impact. And if you do it in a fatal four way, you know they won't let Roman be the one that gets pinned to give up the titles. And then that takes even more shine off the fact that he did it. Like, you're trying to build stars here. You you need stars, especially if Roman's going to go away like he's been supposedly going to be doing as soon as he drops the belts and is tapped to be the next you know movie star or whatever it is. You have to build somebody up. You have to have a new star. And outside of Gunther and the returning Cody Rhodes, I'm not sure who there is that you could build up to do that. Now, if the plan is to... Say, ha, Cody, we tricked you just like we did to your daddy in the garden. So be it. And then, you know, if you build up Gunther and have him win the win it, it would be better if his name was actually fucking Walter because that's what it should have been. Gunther just sounds like he should be making German Scheiser porn. But, yeah. 
you know, that could be that could be the next legitimate top star because of the guys they have on the roster. He is the one that looks like a fucking champion. I agree. And the the commitment he made to make a uh, change in his look and everything, like I yeah. like Gunther. He looks like a pro wrestler. Yeah, and he's like the perfect heel champion too, because he's got monkeys that he can send out there to do stuff. Because that's the thing they fucked up with the Usos and Reigns at first is they turned the Usos into flunkies, but they're like, well, they're the tag champions. Like they're supposed to, if they're at least the tag champions, should look like they, you know, are effective. Especially when we've been watching them wrestle for several years and they've been effective and winning and looking good. Now you've turned them into flunkies. It doesn't work that way. At least when Rollins had J and J security, we knew they were flunkies because they've always been booked like flunkies. I forgot about those jabronis. Yeah. I wasn't a fan ever, but you know, it is what it is. I'd rather live through the bloodline than the authority. That was the fucking that was a nightmare. That was that shit never ended. shit. Yeah. And no, just that Joe. Cody Cody hasn't been lugered because Co- the big difference here is Cody lost in the middle of the ring. And he had that forlorn shot that people are trying to say, they're doing the John Cena rock storyline again. I'm like, oh, good. So we have to wait another year for this. And then the difference is Luger won by count out and then celebrated like a fucking jabron in the ring being carried on the shoulders with balloons and everything like that. That's different. And then he was only mildly sniffing the title shot after that. So he wasn't Lugered, but it was still the, the wrong decision to make in that match for that, that finish to go the way it did. He wasn't Luger though. Lex Luger before my time. Well, I'm sure you've seen the recaps though. And you know what it Oh no, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm saying I would not be a wrestling fan if Lex Luger was, um, you know, well, I mean, nine and 10 year old me was not a Lex Luger fan either. It's like, well, I guess he seems kind of cool, but Bret Hart's cooler. And he was. Yeah, Bret Hart could actually move. Yeah, Bret Hart could do things other than power moves and hitting somebody in the face with his bionic forearm. <laughs> so, is there anything else you guys want to say about wrestling or WrestleMania? I feel like we covered a lot of the big stuff this week and had a lot of fun uh, talking about it. Zora will eventually defeat Vincent Kennedy. Yeah. Who? Um, oh, Zoro? Zoro. <laughs> Zorro, yep. I mean, the only thing I got left to say is I'm not too worried. Uh, Roman's only got like 1,250 days to go before he breaks Bruno San Martino's record. So, I mean, by WrestleMania 45, I think they'll be ready to take the titles off of him. Yeah, I think that's the right time. And uh, we'll we'll be ready. Now, uh, folks, let's check in with the audience. Uh, Nick, would you care to pick a number between 1 and 69, please? All right, Dion. Uh, give me a sloppy 69. You got it, sir. Sloppy 69. Threats are part of wrestling, you know. But you got to look at the person that's making the threats. This fat son of a bitch is <laughs> challenging all of us. has been world champions before. Been in this business 15, 20 years. And this fat son of a bitch is going to challenge us all out. He's going to calm down, calm down, okay? All right? He's fat! I will say the other day when I woke up and I saw that Rick Steiner was trending, I was like, oh, no, he died. And then I saw why he was trending. I'm like, wow, that's weird. Controversy of things being said that wasn't by Scott Steiner. Are they sure they got the right Steiner? Yeah. (laughs) They say that all men are created equal. And you look at Scott and you look at Rick and you know that's just not true. 
No, one has one has no filter. The other one does. Because Rick, from what I understand, was the most more level-headed of the bunch. Well, um, times change. Yeah. So, uh, TLJ Screwjob says, "Not another teen movie in bone saw button, uh, please." Sure. So I believe the first off will be the not another teen movie button. Cry me a river, dick face. Such a great button. <laughs> I agree. Fucking R.I.P. Paul Gleason. And then your other button request was this one right here from a little known wrestling film called Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Best Legend. fictional wrestler ever. Yep. So... Cardinal Fabrizio Ruffio says, live action Mar- Marlos. Uh, sorry. Live action Marios were so bad they were good. It's a hilarious disaster. It's cringe porn. Pure grade A cringe. I love it. Ironically, but love is love. I mean Well, you know they say true love is blind. Yeah, well, I mean, at least it, yeah, at least you're not saying that it was good, so I'll give you that. Uh, yeah. but still, like no. <laughs> Just no. That's kind of how we view the room, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, the difference is the Mario movie was like a big studio production where they thought they had something good on their hands. The the room is Tommy Wiseau's passion project that he put his heart and soul into that wasn't any good, but you could see the love that was put into it by the man that had it. So, Are you saying it's no good, it's just a chicken? Cheep, 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 cheep. (laughs) Exactly like that. That's what I thought. <laughs> Thank you, though, Cardinal Fabrizio Rufio. Uh, Dean H. says, I'll bet the creators of Super Mario Brothers are heartbroken that JL, John Leguizamo, ain't going to see their movie. You know, I'm sure Shigeru Miyamoto woke up in Japan today and thought, oh, damn, prominent American actor John Leguizamo doesn't like the Super Mario Brothers movie. If only yeah, I could go back to 1980 tonight? and change that. <laughs> You know what we should do is we should come up with a series. It's like a celebrity complains that something's not diverse enough. So then we come up with like an animated thing about, all right, Shigeru Miyamoto goes back in time, makes Mario and Lati- Mario and Luigi uh, Latino. So it's going to be Mario and – well, he calls him Lou half the time in this movie. So it'll just be Mario and Lou and uh, Luis. There you go. And, uh, yeah, that, everything's the same. Just for John Leguizamo. Miyamoto's going to go back and change everything just for you, pal. Mm. It's good to see some justice in this world. I know, right? How about some just desserts? TLJ Screwjob (laughs) says, odds on them showing zero suit Samus. Low. But if she's in the metal suit the whole time, I'm cool with that. Yeah, that's my thing is like, don't like, you know, don't re-sculpt her because, you know, you're trying to be PC or whatever the fuck. Like, you know, she has tits in that armor for a reason. Yep. I don't need, uh, you know, my kids' movies to be sexy at all. I don't want that at all. But if you're adapting a Nintendo property, and like I said at the beginning of the show, if it's approved for kids and video games, don't change it in movies for these weirdos' sake. Like, the families won't be offended. The people on the internet with body image issues and dumb shit. Oh, Nintendo looked too pretty and now I feel insecure. It's a fucking video game. Uh, if you feel insecure, <clears throat> eat less and go to the fucking gym. You heard it Shit, here even first. If you, don't, if you don't even take that approach, it's a fucking digital cartoon. If you are uncomfortable by the images in a digital cartoon, you have other issues and you shouldn't watch the digital cartoon. Like, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. maybe, maybe, maybe go, maybe go see a therapist. <laughs> Guys, I can't watch the new Superman animated feature because he's in better shape than we are. Oh, oh <laughs> damn! I was really looking forward to that too. Fuck. Yeah, I'm so heartbroken. I can't watch Batman. Ah, he's like, saying he has so much more money than I do. Oh God. Yeah, yeah I, it, it hurts. I'm so triggered that Batman, gonna... a white man, is a billionaire, and I'm not. <laughs> You're gonna have to just he's completely a... quit watching wrestling for the most part too, because well. Or you can do, hard... or you can just you know jack up on the roids. Just get on the gas, and then you couldn't get on the gas. <laughs> oh god, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to die at forty-seven. You, yeah. At this rate, if you started doing stairs, you probably would be dead by forty-seven. Yeah, it's a young man's game. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't yeah. don't touch him. Nope, <laughs> it's not worth it. Uh, Rob Brant, thank you very much. He says, I still don't know why Indy Five is going to con. Well, it's going to the Cannes Film Festival because it's they want to seem they want to seem legitimate. That's why both of those answers is cor- are correct. Excuse me, uh, but yeah, they do want to seem legitimate. If if Indiana Jones, excuse me, if Indiana Jones Five is anything like the <laughs> Mandalorian or any of these new Star Wars shows, they're going to get laughed at a con. People are going to go, like, "What the fuck is?" This? Actually, no, it'll get pity laughs. It'll get pity applause. People will look at Harrison Ford, and go, "It's so stunning and brave what you're doing, Harrison." You know, he's just a CGI puppet these days, but whatever. I still like Harrison Ford. But, uh, yeah, I don't expect Indiana Jones 5 to be anything but an eye-rolling embarrassment. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be fucking terrible. Xavier to God, what is up? He says, Jeff and Dion, do you guys have a favorite Frieza soldier from Dragon Ball Z? For me, it's Zabrone because he had a blue scouter, a cape, and can transform. Uh, If you're talking about the Ginyu Force, I like Captain Ginyu or Jace. Um, yeah, I like the Ginyu Force. They're stupid. That's why they make me laugh. I just um, don't know enough, so I, it's something to, 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 to research, my friend. Oh, we'll um, get drunk and watch Dragon Ball Z, and you'll laugh. You'll go, this silly-ass cartoon. And my then, favorite you know. is uh, Kenny Blankenship. <laughs> you don't like Vic Romano? <laughs> no, Vic's fine. I just, I'm more of a Kenny guy. Same. Uh, all the hot Carl sewage-sucking services. Uh, you know, that's funny. You know, you're a, you're of a certain age if you learned about what a hot Carl was from uh, MXC. <laughs> right. I didn't know what the hell that shit was until that show. Thanks, MXC. That and Baba Ganoush. I learned a lot of stuff from that show. <laughs> Baba Ganoush is delicious. It is. I've never had it. I will one day. Ninja Lawyer Steve says, mm, Dion, don't you want to try this brand new apple ball gag I got just for you? <laughs> oh, jeez. What type of apple is it? Yeah, is it a Brayburn? Because those are good. I think it's a Granny Smith. I think it's a Granny Smith. Oh, I yeah. prefer Brayburns. Well, Granny Smith is Granny Smith apples are green, just like Dion, so that's perfect. <laughs> okay, Kendo, this one's for you from John Thomas. He says, Kendo, have you watched the channels uh, Drankenfell and Unauthorized History of the Pacific War podcast? I cannot say that I have. Hmm. Well, there you go. There's some recommendations for you. I will take those under advisement. Now, the next one is for from Adam Wofford. It says, just the taxpayers were hurt by that jet crash. Um, I don't even think that's an American jet. Is it, Kendo? Um, I'd have to look at it again. Oh, okay. Well, all you got to do is uh, tell me that, and I'll press it for you right now, because accuracy is important to this channel. It looks like it's 
Uh, well, because I'm a very patriotic individual, I say no. It's kind of probably one of them cheap Soviet-made pieces of shit. <laughs> so I'll go with yeah, that. They, they 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 lost a handful of rubles. No big deal. So yeah, Jets. You know, I heard the New York Jets were going to get uh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, but that hasn't happened yet. And I will laugh my ass off if it never happens. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, I, if it does, he's just following his big buddy Brett's footsteps. Yeah. Hoping he don't fall too close. Yeah, especially like when he gave them like the wish list of here's all the receivers I I want you to get in order for me to come play for you, and they went and got a couple of them, and he's just like, "Well, you actually yep. did it." <laughs> God damn, that'd be funny as shit. I uh, I, I would enjoy that immensely. That's, that's terrible, man. It's fucking terrible. It's one of the it's one of my favorite memes. There's this uh, page I'm in. It's called Pro Football Debate, and like anytime like. Or it's making fun of the NFL memes. Every time there's like it's like breaking news and it shows like the guy and it says trade, you know, so and so traded to wherever. And so they just keep showing pictures. Like every day it's a picture of Aaron Rodgers and, and and it's always like Aaron Rodgers still not traded to the Jets. And they post that one every couple of days. And it's 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 it's, it's very funny. It's very funny because the the Jets fans out there, they got they got really, really excited for a brief period of time. And I think maybe now that that's starting to wear off, they're like, oh. Because Dion and I fucking joked about that. It's like the asking price that the Packers were putting out there of two first round picks for a quarterback that's about to turn forty. It's like nobody's gonna pay oh, that. Geez. It's like nobody's gonna pay that. Two two firsties. I mean, you're mortgaging like the next one to like five years, six years at least, because of the rookie contracts that those guys would be able to play under for cheap. So it's like they're mortgaging the future for a good, you know. For a 40-year-old quarterback that's going to play maybe a year or two. Exactly. Isn't that how yeah. you're supposed to do it? No. <laughs> ah, damn. That's why I'm not good at Madden. It's one of those <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those lightning in the bottle things. It's like the Buccaneers went and did that for Brady, but they got him as a free agent. So, like, if Rodgers was a free agent, then, yeah, I'd say go for it. But, yeah, you don't want to make, you know, potentially uh, – franchise crippling trades to uh to try to win a super bowl especially when you're a team like the jets well, when you're a jet you're a jet that's true <laughs> you're a jet all the way yeah from i don't know that song <laughs> dion how does it go that your last cigarette right yeah 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 man yeah <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on. <laughs> Xavier Degas says, Jeff, have you played Resident Evil 4 Remake or are you planning to? Yes, I played the demo. I'm going to buy that game eventually. Here's the problem. A couple years back when I got the Xbox, I was like, man, these Resident Evil remakes look great. I'm going to get them all. So I bought Resident Evil 2, I bought Resident Evil 3, and I haven't played either of them. So it would be silly to buy Resident Evil 4, the remake, if, even after I haven't played the first two remakes. Because currently on this Xbox, I got Resident Evil 0, I got uh, the remake of 1 from the GameCube, I got the remakes of 2 and 3, one day I'll get 4, and I got the original version of 4 in HD, so... I got a lot of Resident Evil to play, and once I get through 2 and 3 of the remakes, then I'm going to 4, because 4 is awesome. 
Or, let me rephrase this, if 4 goes on sale soon, I'm going to say fuck it and buy it real cheap and play it because 4 is my favorite Resident Evil and the other ones are just there. So, I do have a I do have love for the fourth one. Because it's the setting. Yeah, Raccoon City's fine, but with Res- excuse me, Resident Evil 4 is like Wicker Man the video game with guns. <laughs> so, I like the Wicker Man. I like Resident Evil. Guns are cool in games and movies and all this other fun shit. I'm there for all that stuff. Uh, sign me up. Get me the biggest guns, the bloodiest zombies, the fucking craziest, most severe uh, storyline with the fucking villagers. Like, I'm there. Resident Evil's got it all for me. TLJ Screwjob says, I love Eugene Sledge's story about how he was going to get gold teeth and a medic asked him what his mom would think about it. So Sledge skipped out. Yeah, um, that's I've been meaning to read his book, and I know that's one of the few things that they took liberties in. And the Pacific show, it's instead of the medic doing it, Snafu talks him out of it because that character is his friend, but also been there a little bit longer and is a little bit more far gone mentally when it comes to the, the, the ways of war. And he talks him out of, you know, digging the gold out of the Japanese soldier's teeth about how it changes you permanently. So they just didn't want to introduce a new character. So they just had Snafu do it. But yeah, it's a good story. Um, up next, we have one from our friend TLJ Screwjob, who says, Samus better have huge tracts of land plus fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, what, 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 I, I, think, I think what Jeff said is correct. Whatever is in the, uh, the E-rated video game, they can, they can put into the movie. I'm if they want to... Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to say, I was going to give this guy an honorable mention for the uh, Holy Grail reference there. Good on you, sir. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, definitely, yeah. If it's if if it's in the uh, E for Everyone game, they're allowed, they should be able to put it in a PG PG movie and not have a problem. Yep. If they do, um, they're they're assholes. Correct. I just feel like that's a safe way because most people want to counter the argument. You just want weird sex in video games. No, 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 no. Listen, if anything, we actually don't <laughs> want any of this weird sex and most of this entertainment because it doesn't fit the story. Like. If James Bond comes across a spooky sex cult, cool, I'm there. We'll watch it. But, like, if all of a sudden in the middle of the next Spider-Man movie, Peter Parker goes to an orgy or something, it's like, I don't want to see that. I don't even want to see Bond actually get it on. I just, like, like him in the setting, it's enough for the story. But you got to pick your shots. Everybody, this isn't, we're, we're not advocating for... Super Mario Rule 34, the movie. No, no, no. We're just <laughs> no. advocating for God, no. E-rated games equal G-rated movies. And if anybody gets offended, fuck you. That's it. That's Correct. that's it. We, we, we do not need to see the web slinger slinging his webs from a chandelier with a giant fucking rubber cock and assless chaps. No one does. <laughs> no. I don't even want to see Peter and Mary Jane bang. You know, no, a kiss swinging off into the sunset. That's good enough for me. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Xavier, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't need. We don't need a lot of this stuff, man. We're well-adjusted adults. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, uh, don't get us wrong. We we love titties, but you know, there's a time and a place. Right. Yeah. Correct. Not not the Super Smash Brothers movie. Nope. No, that's a different. That's a different Smash Brothers movie. That's a, I was gonna say that's a different Super Smash Brothers Jeff that I'm sure there, probably exists. No, no, and, yeah. and and yeah, well, you know, replace Smash with Bang, and you you know what I'm saying. Well, Super Smash. Bang Brothers. Yeah. Well, or Super Smash Brothers works too because it's what it is. It's an interracial porno with like fifty black dudes and Riley Reed. <laughs> so a Monday for her. Okay, gotcha. So again, yeah. Jeff, I'm pretty sure that does exist. 
<laughs> How would you feel though if they hired the narrator from Smash Brothers to be like, you know, every time? Oh no 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 no! You actually you cross you cross brand it. You get the announcer from uh, what is that game from the nineties? Killer Instinct. Could you Killer imagine Instinct, like, Jesus like six dudes ganging like, ultra combo? <laughs> like that would just make me laugh the whole time. Oh, yeah, God. I was gonna say that that would just be. I would watch that just for the entertainment value. <laughs> How would you not laugh at that? You, you'd have to the whole time. It'd just be like, oh, yeah. be a laugh ride. It'd be like Les Miserables. Or no, wait, was that? Oh, Africa, Brave Africa. That was a laugh ride. I was about to say, uh, I did laugh at Anne Hathaway's haircut, but not the rest God. of the movie. Xavier to God, thank you very much. We have our first Fuck, Mary Kill of the day, guys. Big Mama's House, White Chicks, and Medea. Mm. Kill Medea. Yeah, kill Medea. Marry White Chicks and fuck um, the other one. Yeah, yeah, that's mine. Because White Chicks at least is a Wayans joint, and it's kind of funny. And they do a pretty good job of acting like White Chicks during that time yeah. period. And, and, and it, it's funny because they've talked about wanting to do a part two, but they're like, oh, Hollywood wouldn't let us. I'm like, I'm kind of surprised they wouldn't. I mean, let me win the Mega Millions. I'll fucking green light it. <laughs> I don't... See, when we talk about like woke entertainment and stuff, there's like a certain demographic you're not supposed to make fun of no matter what you look like. And I think white chicks kind of would cross a lot of lines with the people in power in Hollywood. They'd be too offended by that one. So I think that's honestly the real reason because it's like <laughs> so basically, if it was... basically you'd be crossing the people who have all the money and the power. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that's you know, what the... you do is you just make white dudes and then they will green light it because that's that's true. That's well, true. It's, it's, it's still open season on us. So what you're telling me is it's Aquafina and Lizzo. They go undercover as white dudes. I mean, it's not. That's not exactly. Don't Jeff. Don't don't, yes. don't put that shit under the fucking universe. They're gonna goddamn do that in six months. Okay. Dude, um, what you just wouldn't you just shit your pants if in like six months you see a trailer when you're at the movie and it's fucking Lizzo and Aquafina and white dudes? Like son of a bitch, somebody from a Hollywood studio is listening to our show. Here's the here's the thing. First of all, I'll be like motherfucker, and they'll be like, "Where's my goddamn? Where's my fucking check?" They fucking stole this off. Where's my fucking commission? That's what I want. Yeah, all of it. We want 20%. I'm typing into an AI art generator to see if I can get it to give me an actual poster of this. Oh, geez. so <laughs> that's dangerous. I typed in that's dangerous. Liz. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it gave me. <laughs> I'll just. I can't believe this is real. I'll share this, folks, while we're reading the super chats. This is uh this is the Lizzo and Aquafina movie for Oh white my guys. god. <laughs> <laughs> so it combined and actually combined Lizzo and Aquafina into one person. Wow, that's weird. That's yeah. A lot uh, of person. That was a lot of person. I didn't mean to click away from it, but I guess I did. Uh mm. there we go. Uh to answer your question though, uh TLJ Screwjob sorry, Xavier to God, I'll marry Big Mama's house because I actually like that movie enough. I'll fuck white chicks and I'll kill Medea. Here we go. TLJ Screwjob says, Tyler Perry presents Dion Green's Black Ass. Easy. I think we'd say no to that movie. Yeah, I wouldn't Probably. watch it. Yeah, like, we, we just wouldn't make it. We'd be like, sorry, Tyler. We have other... Everything seems more appealing than making My Black yeah. Ass. Through well, him, no, no, yes. No, well, yeah, through, yeah, through him, yeah, through Tyler. If we're making it, it's a different story. But yeah, we're not yeah. Academy Award winners like Tyler Buddy, Perry. I'd go to Troma before I'd go to Tyler Perry. 
Jesus. I mean, the thing is, you say that, but I'm fairly certain Lloyd would fucking greenlight that. Well, what we need to do is we need to present him with My Black Ass as a brand, like a, a franchise of films. And basically, it's the modern black exploitation movie starring Dion Green. So we keep it real, folks. Keep it Listen, real. Can't go the, wrong. That's but... the dream. That's a dream to make uh, <laughs> to make Dion the next shaft. Damn I mean, right. I'm on board. Yeah. Who's the All black I dude do... with a wife and kid who can still talk shit because he's kind of cool? Dion. There we go. That's the fucking. <laughs> <list. Yeah. laughs> That's all I want. I want to make I want to make seventies black exploitation movies with, with my best friends, and make some money off of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want. Yeah. Look at if we're a movie studio of four people and a couple of people that help, and our movies only bring in like four to five million dollars a year, we're splitting the pot four to five ways. So it's like. Yeah. We made more money than the cast of The Walking Dead. Yeah, you can make fun of our movie, but uh, I got a Bentley. What do you got? Right. <laughs> now, um, thank you to Xavier to God. Here's another one, guys. Fuck, Mary kill. Rock, hip-hop, and pop. Kill pop. Kill pop. Rock, hip-hop, and pop. Uh, Yeah, kill pop. Uh, Marry hip-hop and fuck rock. Kill pop, fuck hip hop, Mary Rock. I'll do the same. Dion? Uh Kill Pop. Yeah, Mary Hip Hop and, and Fuck Rock. Now, TLJ Screwjob, thank you very much. He says, Universal wants the gold, sucker. Disney, we coming for you with Nintendo's help. But seriously, Disney <laughs> gets what they fucking deserve. Stormtrooper button. I will press that button in just a moment. Yes. Uh, one thing I brought up on my walk home review, and I'll bring it up here again, is I got a fuckload of Disney commercials before my yeah, Nintendo movie, but none of them were for Disney movies. It was like, come to Disney World, come to do this, Disney merchandise. Like, Disney knows this is the family movie of the season. Whatever remake with The Rock they got coming out, whatever live action bullshit they're going to make in two years, that's fine. But this movie, they're just trying to put their name in front of it because... Look, we'll talk about this in the next Super Chat, but we couldn't even get into Universal Studios because that shit had been sold out for a month and a half. It sold out for the next 12 days. Like, I can, I can go because I got a pass. Dion knows this. But uh, we couldn't go in and do the fan meetup because that shit had been sold out for so long, all because of Nintendo World. When the yep. Star Wars Galaxy Cruiser opened up, it was like a $5,000 weekend and nobody gave a shit. When they open up other rides, like, oh, do you see the Guardians of the Galaxy ride that's coming? I don't fucking care. But I'll stop everything I'm doing to go live in Nintendo World for an afternoon. So you're right there, TLJ Screwjob. Uh, Nintendo, or Disney is getting what they fucking deserve. And here is a visual representation of how Disney has handled stuff over the last few years. You can determine if this is representing their Star Wars, their Marvel, their politics, whatever. But here is Disney. Yeah, there was an article I shared with you guys earlier today about um, Iger wanting to bring back the annual pass. So uh, tell me more about that, because I actually wanted to click on it and I forgot to. Oh, I didn't read it. I was reading the headline, but I mean, okay, <laughs> he wants to bring it, it back. So, yeah, No, he wants to bring it back, so I assume it's like, you know, once again, he's trying to try everything he can to, you know, make, make them make some money. Um, the funny thing is, is that I'm part of a production assistant group, a PA group uh, on Facebook. And it looks like they're shooting two to three new things here in here in here in Atlanta. So this whole like slowdown of like this on the other, it's like 
are going to slow down in 18 months when all of your projects are done filming? Like, what do you what do you mean by slowdown? You still have money you're spending now with with pre-production and production and things you've already greenlit. So they're still like going through and making stuff. And then he's going to start cutting money when they I guess when they when new projects come, when new projects get presented or whatever, they're going to have to really think about it and figure out what they want to do next, because, you know, they're still filming stuff and the parks aren't doing really well. Um, and stuff like that. Actually, uh, what was it? I went to the, when I was in Florida for a day during my vacation, I went to the, uh, Disney, the, the, the Lego store that's on the Disney, like shopping area there, not city walk, but the other one. Uh-huh. And there was fucking crazy, crazy security there, man. Cause usually you'd park there and you just walk into it, but you had to like go through the parking garage and walk through like two metal detectors. And if you had a bag, they checked it. And there were like, like, you know 10 security guys there i was like the fuck happened did somebody say bomb or whatever like it was weird it was yeah because because before whenever i've gone there as a kid or with family you would literally just park outside like it's like it's like you know one of those um um discount shopping centers or whatever you just park your car walk in and now there's this whole like song and dance about it it's weird so i pulled up the information you had sent over the annual price for the the pass they're bringing back they range from seven hundred and forty-nine to one thousand three hundred and ninety-nine dollars. They come with free perks like digital photo downloads and the opportunity to visit theme parks after two p.m. without reservations, except on Sundays and Saturdays at the Magic Kingdom. Which means, okay, this is a terrible fucking deal. I'm a Universal Pass holder. There's no blackout dates. There's none of this dumb shit, and it's like. First off, I pay $43 a month for a Universal Pass, which is stupid because it used to be $26. That's my big complaint. They upped the price for the Nintendo World, but they didn't give me anything new. So that being said, that I'm a little salty about, it's still better than this. And this whole opportunity to visit the theme park after 2 p.m. without a reservation. Dude, I can walk into Universal and open any time. I can't use my front of the line pass until 3 o'clock. But other than that, I can do anything I want in the park. You, the opportunity to visit the park after 2 p.m. I think Disney, they really do live in a fantasy world. They think we have the opportunity to do these things. No, if I'm paying $1,400 fucking dollars a year, I want everyday access. I want to get to the front of the line every day. I want to buy my way to enjoy Disney World. Not your $20,000. Like, look, I used to be involved with uh, some insurance sales and some other things when I was still in college. And one of these seminars we had to go to, these wealth seminars or whatever, was talking about how great it was to reach this level of success so I could take my kids to Disney World for the proper experience. And they laid it out. It was $20,000 for this proper Disney experience. That's wild, man. And, 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 And that was when you were in college, like, what... This was 2011 when I went to the seminar. Jesus, and that yeah, that's 20 grand then. You know, mark that up with inflation now. That's what 30, 35. Yeah, it's stupid. That's... I mean, I could I could look up the number, but you know, it's a lot. The thing is, Disney always has valued itself like that, and I find it interesting how like they want to sell to everybody, and they freak out when they can't sell to everybody. But it's like you're either prohibitively expensive. You politically lean a certain way that turns off people. It's like, look, I don't have issues personally with this stuff, but if you're trying to sell a Buzz Lightyear movie around the world, you might not want to put a same-sex kiss unless you're cool with not selling to China or the Middle East. And that's fine. That's your business decision. That's your prerogative. But just keep that shit in mind when you're wondering where everyone's going. You know, it's like, oh, uh, people want to go to Universal and do this? Why? 
because you want to stroke people for well, money. Just that like, alone doesn't make any sense, right? So you know, you know, bringing up all that while they're the perfect Disney is twenty thousand fucking dollars. That's just that you, you know, ideologically speaking, it doesn't make any sense. So that's always been Disney's issue: is you can't be a company of the people and then be crazy fucking expensive. You know, so even exactly. if we say that the people online are 100 percent right and Disney is doing the whole woke bullshit that everyone is going crazy about, bitch. Disney Star Wars is three grand a night. <laughs> so you can't tell me that Disney's doing this or doing that. They're playing both sides of the board. That's the problem. Well, you know? it is a problem. I mean, Sorry, I typed in the AI program to give us Disney Star Wars as an anime, and it's kind of weird looking, so I'll share that. But no, dude, the fact that they want to charge all of that stuff and be of the people, it really just shows a disconnect. And, I mean, at those prices, what do you expect? What do you expect people to do, especially in today's economy? No, and that's that's a problem. Like, like Deion said, they want, to, they want to sell to everybody, but, you know, their prices say something else, you know? Right. Yeah. Me personally, I will uh, continue to skip Disney World. I we are not sponsored by Universal in any way. Uh, believe me, if but we man, were, I just, we would tell I just you have that. more. I just have more fun there. I just have way more yes. fun there. <laughs> because as we're adults, okay. When people are you know talking about Disney and this and that and the magic, it's like I don't have kids yet, so I don't really care about. Oh, I can take my kids on this wonderful journey. Now I'll go to Universal where I can drink at every kiosk. I can get ripped and go on the rides i can get ripped and go on the universal tram tour you have shit that appeals to me as an adult because it's like look your rides are based on the mummy well the mummy came out when i was in grade school transformers hell originally that's before i was even born jurassic park i've been there the whole time like even if kids like this shit and are excited by it at least for people like us we can relate to it we don't have to go to the secret life of pets or other stuff we have uh hell even the minions has been around long enough that we all know what the fuck it is or or kung fu panda that was out when we were in high school at least dion and i were in high school i mean it's been a long fucking time i think disney just tries to be like apple where yes you want to be the chic techie of you know the chic business of your your industry and stuff like that but at the end of the day you know i don't want to buy certain apple products because they seem overrated well, that and Apple's a walled garden. Like, yeah, you can get all their stuff and all of the integration of all that works works well together. When you spend like ten grand on ten grand and get all their shit, then like all of your shit buzzes at once. Your watch, your AirPods, your i your iPad, your Mac, your computer. When you get a call, all the buzzes at once. It's fucking wonderful. Let me tell you. That's exactly what I want. You know, I want to be inundated with all my notifications. I did. I yeah. I yeah. I'm. Yeah, they're they're another they're another one. Apparently, they're going to start firing people here very soon because people aren't buying their phones anymore. I, I mean, I've never purchased an iPhone. I have my own reasons. It's nothing to do with the ethical nature of their business. Do you want to know why the real reason I never bought an iPhone was? Probably the same as mine. I just don't like them. There, there's that. You can't do custom ringtones. They have to yep. have all this shit. Like Apple doesn't allow the customization. You can't do as no, much. No, they with don't. Your and and I've and I've yeah. I'm like I got. I think I got the the twelve whenever it came out. And like this is my last iPhone. It's like once I'm once this once this becomes unusable, I'm getting I'm uh I'm going to Android. I'm getting something nice. Fuck this. I like yeah. having a back button. Yeah, That's and like and like yeah, and like the lack of buttons on it. And even then, they're getting they're getting to a point where they want less and less buttons on it. 
it's like that's weird to me because I want the tactile feel of this stuff. Like, it's strange, man. Um, even now with the USB C thing that 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 they got forced into because of uh, the European Union, they're they're fucking with people because what's going to happen is you it's going to be a thing where you'll only get fast charging through the official Apple cable. If it's not official Apple cable, you'll get slower charging. That's bullshit. That's how they do things. That's how they do things. The only thing I have from Apple that I've actually loved, and I will say love, is the iPad. I use it for work. No, same here, man. I got I got I got the keyboard on mine with the soft cover and I got the pen. I fucking love it. Same. I, I mean, love and yeah, that's probably the one I use the most. I do all my I do all my drawings on there. Whenever I got an idea, I'll sketch it out if I have and it's one of it's one of those things where it's like I think you use the same way I do, where it's like it's compact, it's battery powered. If you have an idea or something you want to write down real quick, you can just open it up, power it up, and write thing, write something quick and be done. Um, I've got some script software on there, and I've got other things I write as well. And it's like if I have an idea, I can just write it down and make a note of it, and it's there. You know, and that's why I like it. Other than that, everything else kind of go go to shit. I like it because the Procreate is just a wonderful tool to draw. Like oh, yeah. I get all of tits and art in that program i do i'm working on working on woke busters uh in that program anytime you folks see a penciled or inked page it was done on the ipad like that people are like why don't you have original pages of art the benefits of working digitally outweigh the benefits of selling one piece of art one time if you if you balance out your hour how much time is worth to you uh for me yeah it's i would rather do it that way so uh yeah i you know don't know how i got on this whole apple side quest but uh it is what it is. <laughs> now, um, our next one comes from our friend Stephen Kraft, who says, Hey, Jeff, thanks for the LA meetup. Universal didn't work out, but I'm sure there will be more BS in the future. Plus, Mandalorian is repetitive and boring as fuck. Well, Stephen, thank you for coming out. Thank you for the... Uh, it was fun hanging out with everybody on the first day. We went down to Santa Monica Pier. We had pizza. We had uh, some drinks. We went down to the actual pier itself we went to the end of route 66 we were hanging out there i had some friends i had uh meet up people it was just a great time couldn't have asked for anything more and like i said was gifted the wonderful wwf title belt from our friend kr companion i'll show that again at the end of the show for those who missed out but yeah uh steven thank you for coming out man it was a blast talking to you uh it was awesome uh for everyone that brought their stealing solos and stuff it was nice it was just a nice day folks so hopefully you come to the next one uh, in the Midwest. TLJ Screwjob says, love the Baba Ganoush family and them competing. Yes, mm -hmm. TLJ Screwjob, I don't dislike anything about MXC. I think it's nope. a wonderful show, and uh, yeah. Kendo, I think you agree 100%, right? Uh, 158 million bazillion percent. When I, was, <laughs> when I was back at Camp Kendo, when I wasn't dealing with a car up on blocks because I was trying to fix the fucking thing or the flu, I was watching MXC. We should try to do a parody of MXC where we like do that type of thing with a different uh, footage, you know? Yeah, there's there's mean, still stuff out there we could do. We should try it oh, out. I'm sure there, there's plenty of it. We just got to find it and, you know, invest some time into it and we should be good. Yeah. Well, folks, be on the lookout for that. So hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss anything from World Class Bullshitters. And if you want even more, like a shirt to cover yourself, go to shopwcbs.com right now. Don't even wait till the end of the show. Go buy the shirt, come back. We'll still be on the air. Uh, but thank you, TLJ Screwjob. You're up next again. He says, yeah, joking with Samus figure, but she uses missiles and gives creatures both the T-1000 nitrogen freeze and lava baths. Interesting how to tackle. Well, one thing I, I 
actually had noticed this about myself when I watched the Mario movie. Kids movies aren't as reserved as we think they are going to be. Like, they talk about death a lot. I grew up in the era where they didn't talk about death in kids shows. The psychologists thought that would be damaging to kids. Nowadays, they treat the futility of life as a joke, which you do as an adult. So what I'm getting at is like violence, it's not like necessarily that it's got to be gory, but like people blow up and catch fire in the Super Mario movie as is. It's not a very safe, it's not as safe and samey as the games are sometimes. Like Mario punches people. He fights Donkey Kong. He gets the shit kicked out of him. Like legitimately Donkey Kong whoops his ass. <laughs> He's like slamming him around, doing all this stuff. So there, there's definitely like, what people would call violence, I call it action. It's like in comic books. When uh, when Todd McFarlane drew it, it was violence. When Jack Kirby drew it, it was action type of thing. So it's like a, you know, it's a, there's a scale to it all. And so I don't think a Super Smash Brothers movie would be hard to make as a PG-rated film because the game already is a PG-rated game. It's, you kick people off the stage. Nobody dies in this story. They just get really big boo-boos. So mm -hmm. uh, as we treat it kind of like that, I think there's a farther, and remember too, this is not necessarily just for kids. For it to make $150 million, people like me need to go see it. And I've already gone to see it because Nintendo, sadly, knows how to keep us around, even with subpar products. And so they know how to put shit in movies to appeal to us. They will test the limits instead of making it too kiddie. They will go as far as they can in certain ways uh, to just keep appealing to the adult audience. Up next, we have Neil Lowry. Thank you very much, Neil, who says, We need a hot and steamy spinoff starring Jack Black and Lizzo. We just need an amazing title. Yeah, huh. don't watch. Star Wars don't watch, you say? Yes. I'm trying to come up with an actual title, because he's called, like, Captain Bombardier. <laughs> I like Jack Black, but he just didn't really fit in Star Wars. I don't know what else to say. Like, oh man, you're just a hater. No, I just didn't like this thing. But uh, that's a spinoff I'll skip. I would rather watch literally anything than more of Lizzo acting. I'll watch her music videos. I'll, I won't watch her music videos. Uh, up next is TLJ Screwjob. Cost my stepdad 15000 for two infants and five adults for a week at Disney at one of the on-site hotels over the summer, plus another $800 for line skip. Gross. A week? For... Hey, if you got it and you can afford it, more power to you. No judgment. Me personally, though, I would rather I don't know, man. You can put that money in this you can put those. You can put that money into some uh, high yield savings accounts and just you know have the kids have a kid against <laughs> high yield afterwards. savings accounts. What year? I don't is know, this, or something, or, yeah. or or a CD or something, or put it in the stock market. And <laughs> it's just, oh, you're, you, folks, Nick is not a financial advisor, and this is not financial advice. And even no, if it's it was, not. No, it's he would not. be a terrible financial advisor because there's nothing worth investing in right now. No, there isn't. But I'm I'm just saying you could put you put you could put that money towards the kids' college or something in some way. Yes, I was gonna say that would be the better option because. If you put it, if you just keep it in in a box underneath your bed, as opposed to a savings account, you're probably still going to lose about the same amount of value of your money. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, well, it's 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 hard times. It's hard times. Daddy. Well, yeah. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes knows. 
Now, our friend, the R-Rated Horror Show, sorry, the R-Rated Show sends us a super chat, but folks, if you're looking for some great horror content, make sure you check out the R-Rated Show. Uh, Josh is a friend of the channel. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. You can find us talking to him on social media. I believe we've even done a couple of videos together, and we're going to do more stuff uh, in the future. Yeah, we did a watch party for Temple of Doom. Yeah. Um, I interviewed, um, We, inter we, we him and me both interviewed... Melissa Rose, and we also interviewed. Um, fuck, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up. Um, Jim Wynorski, there you go, Jim Wynorski, as well. Oh, Jim Wynorski, um, that was a lot of fun. We've done a lot of fun fun things together. Uh, he's a cool dude. Go go check his channel out. Now our friend Wander says, if y'all like DBZ, you might also like DBZ abridged, especially when Vegeta fights Rakume. It's done like a wrestling match. I have heard about DBZ abridged for years. Uh, Wanderer, actually, if you've heard me talk about this business I've been working on, uh, my business partner and I have actually talked to some of the people from DBZ abridged about certain things too. So it's a bigger thing than we're talking about now. But I like DBZ abridged and what it brings to the table. More parody stuff is always good in my eyes. So, uh, Melon Husk, we will look into offering hats in the merchandise. Full transparency, we are at the whim of what Teespring offers. We do not actually get to run our store. So um, we will look into that and have a, a whole channel relaunch this summer. There's there's a big announcement I'm going to be making soon. The guys knows what's up. Uh, I'm just not going to say it publicly yet. But it's all good stuff. Don't worry. It's not like, oh, we're sick or something bad is happening. No. Uh, it's something um, you'll be surprised to hear. There's actually another shop I know of that does multiple things. That does the, the same thing I think, I think that Teespring does. Well, we look at. I am not loyal to Teespring. If they, if we can find a place that offers good turnaround times, the right quality product, and more options for the audience, then I can't imagine a reason yeah, this, why we'd stay. Yeah, this place has ton, like, like twenty options for, for items. You just put your, you just kind of slap your stuff on there, and away you go. All right, well, folks, you're going to be seeing some more WCBS merchandise. But if you guys have any requests or things like that. Be like our friend Melon Husk and just ask because we're very happy to give you guys whatever you want. You want us on a hat? You want us on shirts? Uh, when I got to meet the awesome Darian217 this weekend at the meetup, uh, he was rocking the WCVS sweatshirt. I had a Wokebusters shirt on. And I noticed we did, he didn't have a WCVS hat on because that was on us. So we're going to get on the hat game. We're going to come up with some of the hottest t-shirts. I've been working on some designs. We've been talking about the album cover shirts forever. Dion and I, uh, we took some photos for that this weekend. Nick and Kendo will be a part of that too. And, uh, you know, you'll get to see our wonderful stuff soon. So, guys, uh, we have another message from our friend Xavier to God. He says, Fuck Mary Kill, The Rock's promo on Billy Gunn, promo on Triple H, where he says he's the WWF champion, and his promo on a young Randy Orton. Now, I don't know the exact Triple H promo you're talking about. Is it like, if you could just give me like a night that he said it, like it's after this pay-per-view or it's during the build-up to the pay-per-view, I'll remember because it's going to be the year 2000 and that's my favorite year of wrestling. Now his promo on Billy Gunn's legendary and his promo on Randy Orton's good, but I'll kill that one no matter what Triple H promo you're talking about. But, Xavier to God, if you're talking about the fully loaded 99 Triple H promo where he talks about, they held you down for five years and they held you down because you suck. If it's that promo, that might be my favorite promo of all time because it's, it's a real promo, meaning the shit he's talking about actually 
actually happened and they blended it in with the storyline and it made it cool. And so I love the simplicity of that. And if you watch Triple H, he goes, keep talking, motherfucker. Like he's pissed off at The Rock when he said that. So great acting by both of those dudes. Uh, you don't get much better promos than you get from The Rock. And um, what do you guys have to say about this? All right. I mean, I'm going, you know, you're, I'm marrying The Rock's promo on Billy Gunn. 10 yeah. times out of 10. Definitely marrying that. Um, the other two, yeah, I don't know which, you know, about him being the WWE champion. I mean, yeah. Or, you know, the one on, is he talking about the one on before going before 25? Is that the young Randy Orton he's talking about? I think he's no the the promo that the Rock came back for one night randomly in two thousand four, and um, yeah, he just cuts a promo on Randy Orton. It was during his Legend Killer Evolution phase. It was like right after it was a couple months after they fought at WrestleMania. Right. Okay. So yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll I guess marry that one and kill the Triple H WWF Champion one just because I don't know which one he's talking about, but. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely married Billy Gunn. Fuck um, young Randy Orton and kill Triple H champion. Oh, it's the one where The Rock says he'll tighten his shoes and whip your ass when Triple H asked who you are. Oh. I still don't remember that promo, but I'm going to... Oh. I'll, I'll fuck it because I'll kill the Randy Orton one no matter what. Yeah. Is he talking about the one where he says, shut up, bitch? Oh, if it's that I mean, one, that's just a great promo. Oh, that's a yeah, good one from the O2. Champion, yeah. Yeah. That's when he goes, I'll lace my boots up and whip your ass. He goes, and I'm the Rock's undisputed champion, and you're not, so shut up, bitch. Yeah, that was their last, like, if That's the one he's talking program. about. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm marrying that one. I'm fucking that one and killing young Randy Orton and, and definitely marrying Billy Gunn. Because that one, yes, when he's, if that's the one he's talking about, that one's just a great off-the-cuff I'm Triple H. You're the Rock. We've been working together for years. It's a great fucking, uh, great fucking promo. Shut up, bitch. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one, dude. Well, folks, I think we've reached the end of tonight's show. It's been another awesome night of WCBS. We're back. Uh, we had a week off last week. Hold on, wait a second. We just had a big super chat from our friend, uh, the R-rated show, pop up. Bring back the summer drunken movie hangouts. <laughs> We're bringing them back, man. Well, it's the summer, summer of bullshit. Yeah. Dude, oh yeah, God. we already said it's the summer of bullshit. We're going to do a lot of that shit, man. It's going to be fun. Just us hanging out, watching bullshit, getting drunk with the fans. Oh, God, I miss, I'm, I'm, I, miss, I miss watching The Room and other bullshit as well. Jeez. Yeah. We should write a book called The Room and Other Bullshit. And just, <laughs> it, should, it should be like our memoirs. <laughs> but folks what we are going to do is oh we're going to do God. the summer movie drunk hangouts but we're also going to introduce our wcbs letterboxd account where we're going to be able to review the movies that we review or watch on the stream talk about them with the audience and give you an opportunity to be a part of our community we're growing in a way uh that's very important we're going deeper as well we're going to have more wcbs awareness everywhere we go and so yes the summer of bullshit's going to be fun but we're going to put ourselves everywhere and make it more of an interactive experience so this summer, folks, you don't need anything else. You don't need to go be disappointed by Indiana Jones 5. You don't need to go be disappointed by whatever other bullshit the Marvels is going to give you. Now, hang out this summer for the summer of bullshit. It's going to be WCBS, the audience, 
and a lot of beer because we're going to watch some shit, but we're also going to watch some good movies. And most importantly, we're going to have some good times. So our friend from the R-rated show might join us a couple times. That'd be great. We got some fun summer slashers. You know what we should do this year, Nick? We should have him on to do a drunk double feature of I Know What You Did Last Summer and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. It's in the fucking title. (laughs) Summer. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds sounds like a good plan. That sounds like a good plan. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Uh, the R-rated commentary, yes, those Lethal Weapon commentaries were uh, were legendary. Uh, we should try to top those. Uh, thank you to oh, our friend Xavier to God, Jeff and Dion. If you guys like Team Four Stars DBZ Abridged, then you guys might like SSJ Carter SSJ Nine Thousands videos, especially the old vids if you can find them. I will take a screenshot okay, of that right now, yeah. Xavier to God, and that and that could that, and Jay that could definitely be part of our drunk summer hangouts. We just watch. You know some some fucking old SSJ Carter stuff. Some old watching that Dragon Ball Z shit. It'll be it'll be fun, man. We're gonna get goofy this summer, one hundred percent. Oh hell yeah, folks! Believe me, you're gonna love it. And that wasn't even the big announcement we were talking about. There's still more shit to talk about. <laughs> so uh, to everybody that's going to say goodnight to us, thank you. Folks, we'll be back on Tuesday with the High Council. Going to work on everything behind the scenes and get back with you there. We got another video dropping tomorrow morning, so make sure you check that out. If you're on the East Coast, it'll be around 9 a.m. If you're on the West Coast, well, you can do the math. It'll be around 6 a.m. And if you live in the middle, well, you'll be in the middle of that time zone. But if you're worldwide, I'm not going to do this anymore because I'm tired of trying to explain how time works. We all know how it works. They're not magnets. But, uh, folks, be on the lookout for all that WCBS content. The membership program has... Oh, I did want to make this announcement. We're not taking down old episodes of the podcast. Uh, The last week's show, the last one we did about John Wick, got taken down for copyright, and it was blocked globally. But if you're a member, it let you view it. So... That's one of the benefits of being on the membership program. We don't change things to make it uh, more difficult to be on the channel. We just, when YouTube does things to screw us over, if being on a membership program helps you get access to that content, we give you access to that content because we're proud of the show we put out. We don't want it hidden from anybody. So that's, there we go. That's that's bullshit, man. We had a lot of fun talking about John Wick. I know it was that damn WWE button we remember, baby. Yeah. Oh well. Can't have, can't yeah. have nice things, goddamn it! Can't have nice things. Well, be a member, folks. listen to our shit, download it, fucking follow us on Twitter, Twitch. I got fucking from great fans. We got some great stuff. I'm gonna be finishing God of War, doing Ragnarok on Twitch. You know they be trying to stop us, baby. We crazy. Fucking, I know. Join, let's go. Two hundred thousand, let's fucking go. Oh, yeah, that's our mid-year goal, folks. I guess I should talk about that more. But, yeah, that's our mid-year goal. We got some big stuff planned for the end of the year. Join us. We'll, we'll put the numbers out there for you guys probably in about three weeks if you're curious what our numbers goals are. But there's a lot of moving parts, and uh, we're very excited. You can hear it in the voice tonight. So from all of us here at WCBS, actually, hold on, let me make sure. Let's do the normal outro. Is there anything else you guys need to say? Did I miss any kind of promotions or plugs? Just checking. Yeah, actually, um, our Twitter for anybody interested who's not on there who wants to be on there is at the world class BS. If you uh, if you catch us on there, you'll see our link for all of our stuff. So enjoy. Yes, and I could as somebody that wasn't much of a Twitter, uh, it's it's become the glorious hellscape that the internet kind of used to be. So (laughs) you might want to over there. You might want to venture back into the world of the tweeting because things have changed since a certain, you know, maniacal billionaire bent on world domination has taken it over. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's 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 become the Wild West again, and I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, that's what the internet was supposed to be. That's what it was in the heyday, back when it was new and fresh. It was the Wild West, and then they came and put up fences and tamed the natives. And we can't have that no more. Nope, not anymore. <laughs> so they're bringing it back. It's kind of, like I said, it's getting back sort of to the hellscape that it was always meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they're taking it back. Uh, now, folks, join us on Twitter. Join us on all the social media platforms. We're over on TikTok. If you want to see these walk-home <laughs> movie reviews that I do, follow us on TikTok. I post those over there. I did um, Shazam! Fury of the Gods and Super Mario. Um, they're just fun. I walk home from the movie theater, talk about the movie, and uh, review it for you guys. And I don't do spoilers. So the Mario movie, I don't give spoilers for that one. So if you're curious, check um, it out. Yeah, you make see sure... Make sure you back up those because we don't know what's gonna happen to TikTok and make it may disappear tomorrow or something. Yeah. Oh, luckily I just upload those directly from my phone and then back up everything to the Google Cloud, so it's like all that just kind of lives there no matter what. Fair enough. Yeah, actually, I'll save this for off air, Nick. But I just have been backing up all of our files, and I have a new system with external hard drives, so we're good to go. But, uh, folks, I'm not going to bore you with any of that behind-the-scenes shit because you don't care. You subscribe for other things, including us. So we're going to go because we need to get some rest. But, folks, we'll be back next time with with more. But in the meantime, be smart, be safe, be cool, but always be excellent to each other. Dot com.